Sure. I, I also have a small activity for us at the beginning. Oh, an podcast. activity. Oh, oh, I like Kevin's brought up. Activities. I think eh? Kevin's going to hand out crayons and papers and be like. Now, I want you to draw your hand. Now, after you've drawn around your hand, what do you think that could be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds that actually sounds very uh um uh, soothing. It does. Hi, this is Kevin sinking. Sorry, real quick. Hey, this is Chad sinking. Didn't get your class, but I think it's okay. I could do another one here. Chad, second sink. Damn it. Chad, do, do a very light clap like a Oh, I'm clapping too hard. Chad, third sink. Clap slowly. Chad, fourth sink. <laughs> wow. What is the slowest you can clap? <laughs> Chad, fifth sink. There we go. Yep, there it is. Okay, that there was the finger is. snap. Finger snap's one that does it. Dom was onto something with the snap. He was ahead of the game. Oh yeah. Did, did Dom invent the snap? I think so. I think he was. Th- he was the one who was like, "I'm just gonna start snapping." Well, he would just do that all the time. He just he'd be sitting next to him and he's just like fucking firing him off all the time. Yeah, and he didn't invent the snap. The sharks and jets invented the snap. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the first time anyone ever thought to do that with their fingers was, was in during violent story yeah it was an intimidation yeah. tactic mm-hmm. yeah we need to sound like rattlesnakes coming at them how can we do that it was wow. like it was like in 2001 when the when the uh monkeys decide to use a bone as a scary thing you know that was <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i couldn't snap for the first 23 years of my life me too like that. me too i don't even know that i oh i can i can do it still okay <laughs> i could like wait wait have i forgotten have I, done? I just <sighs> I, I didn't know i like i was like wait can i do that i can't whistle can't that's whistle. the most that's well, the most ball. i can do i love it Ooh, that's me just doing the sound obviously all of this is going in yeah. i love it when we have like a minutes long uh reaction to the sync clap that i cannot possibly put in the podcast uh-huh. <laughs> everyone's favorite part of the podcast is when it sounds is just hearing people groan and get in their seats and mm-hmm. just kind of settle in this is too good the the sharks and jets thing is too good to leave out so i'm gonna have to show them a I'm little gonna, show them a little bit of the sausage casing. Yeah, i don't you, care yeah you guys are gonna get a little bit of the behind the scenes on this one this is gonna be what the kids call meta all right <laughs> As opposed to normal episodes where we cut hours of content. Yes. <laughs> I think we talked about doing more of that stuff on the Patreon, didn't we? Here's a, yeah. a here's a stealth ad for the Patreon here. I have I have a few I have a, I have a few like uh 10 minute segments that we cut from some podcasts that we might composite into something for everybody. Kevin, if you put that on if you put you saying that on the podcast then you have to do it. Oh no! Oh, but I could always cut me saying that from. The- I know uh, <laughs> the meta increases. <laughs> Listeners, I hope I hope you heard us say this because that means cool things are coming. So, so because this is uh, a very meta start to our podcast, I'm going to reference the stuff I said before the sync. Okay. Yes. Uh, I do have a little activity for us. Oh yes, 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 yes. Please. Um, so uh, I've I've been thinking. Um, we usually just like kind of launch in with like a topic and the, and like show how good friends we are and just talk about whatever <laughs> at the start. Yeah, or yeah. Be, be good buds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I And I think that's wonderful. Welcome to Goose Buds, by the way. Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Chad. I, hi, I'm Kevin. I thought it might be a fun activity if we introduce each other Ooh. in a sort of round robin <laughs> style. I love Ooh. it. Because like folks like who like Fear Street, who might not know about Goose Buds, 
might be coming here. Kids, this is what they call uh, an entry point into the series, and old Goosebuds heads may may balk at this, at the thought of being introduced to the three of us. But do not be upset. For that, yeah. for that, there are new people entering the show. Welcome, welcome, your new family members of those who love the works of RL, Richard Lawrence Stein. <laughs> Richard, is it really Richard? Richard Lore Stein? Lord, Lawrence, did you, did you all not see in the movie where his very classy name was on the book covers? Oh, did Richard he? Lawrence? I cracked me up. Oh my goodness, That's, is that his full name? I, I, Dick. Dick Law Stein. <laughs> <laughs> Laying down the Dick Law here. Laying down the Dick Law. <laughs> that is his actual name because I'd look it up and then went like, how have I done 105? I know. Not even 105. Uh, whatever. 200 episodes considering Patreon at this point about yeah. this fucking man. And I didn't know what RL stand for. We never bothered to go to the Wikipedia no. and just Garrett. see it. Here's the thing, though. I thought you said, and I love dick law i think dick law is, is officially the dick, the canon name on this podcast for what his, uh-huh. his real name is but i did i thought you said robert lore and i i was like i thought that was just a uh like a little improv you did there calling him the lore man Mr. no i should have been that'd be even cooler too um man. i i distracted from kevin's amazing exercise oh I'm yes very the exercise i think you merely added to it because introducing rl stein as the phantom member of this podcast mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. conceptually delicious been he's on- always with us we sat on a, di- a dinner plate every time i was gonna say he's been on every well he has been on every episode because even the ones that we weren't doing uh, rl stein produced project we still just dis- we still compared it to rl stein yeah, and his, his body of work, and his body of work, and he listens to this. Like, come on, RL. He does not like us. We are being blacklisted from Hollywood at this, <laughs> at this moment because of this podcast. <laughs> I, I it, yeah, yeah. I think we are. I think we. Well, we didn't get a job on this movie, which stinks. No, no. At some point, I had a hope that, like, not that we're doing the podcast for <laughs> that, but I was like, yeah, I think we've all established ourselves as as. As experts. experts, yeah, experts Sub- on the scholars, topic. scholars, and, if you will, uh, h- hire us to write a an offshoot Goosebumps book, and then you know, I think in the last year or two, I was like, no, we've probably burned down that bridge. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Do you think? Do you think people think we don't like Goosebumps books? I think so. Okay. I, no, you fun. know what? You know what? No, actually, I don't because I think even on our Discord for our Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I think that I think that. People on there truly love the Goosebumps books as well. Yeah. In fact, I feel like I feel like if anything, we on the podcast, even though we we roast RL, I'll notice that like if I'm coming down really hard on like this book was ghost written, RL didn't t- didn't write it. Uh, I'll see a bunch of people on our Discord going like, "No, this was him. He did it. Defend, mm-hmm. defend, defend our daddy." Like that kind of yeah. <laughs> and one of us will typically white knight for RL. Yeah, we're real simps. Is that what simps are? Sure, why not? Yeah, stand well, simp. <laughs> if if that's not the case, yeah. then could it be that people just don't respect podcasters as legitimate contributors to culture? <laughs> I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in that world either. We work very hard on this show. Thank you very much, Fear Street executives. Imagine if this is your entry point into this podcast. Um... <laughs> we usually don't introduce ourselves, and we're going to try and do it now, and it's very difficult for us. Okay, here's how it's going to go. Um, okay. Okay. Paul and I are going to introduce Chad. Okay. 
Oh, that, okay. Then Chad and I are going to introduce Paul. Okay. And then Chad and Paul can introduce me okay, if there's great. enough time. All right. So we all introduce each other. Yes. Okay. This is a fun act. So this is better I, than than the hand turkey. I like this a lot. This is this is a, v- a verbal hand turkey of each. It's like we all made a hand and then we passed the paper around. I love it. We all we all made macaroni frames to give to our. <laughs> yes. I love it. I feel like you got to start off the Chad Quant intro by uh, saying that Chad is a writer. Mm. He's a lovely man from Indiana who had big dreams of moving to Hollywood (laughs) and they came true. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it can happen to you. I shouldn't talk to my intro. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, you got to. You got to pepper in a little bit of. Okay. Yeah. You're you're your own hype man. (laughs) Oh, totally. Um, uh, Paul, what to say about Chad? I feel like he's one, he's like one of the, the members of this podcast who like truly loves horror. Uh, like I, I like horror. Okay. And Paul, you've contributed, uh, stuff to the horror genre with spooky squad and things you've made, mm, mm. but it, I feel like Chad is the one who goes out of his way to be terrified more than anyone else on this podcast. <laughs> yes, definitely. Chad Chad imbibes the terror juice as much as possible. Uh, sure. And I think that Chad has the most uh, bona fides of this group for this. He, ha- he has written many things. He has mm-hmm. written for one of the horror masters himself, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that Chad... Uh, Chad knows what the fuck he's talking about, and he is our <laughs> backbone that gets us through this. Wow, I'm Definitely. really blushing, y'all. That's really nice of you. I don't. I, I, this is. I'm gonna cry. I, I feel like I feel like I'll have like a, a, a writerly idea, and I'll say it on this podcast, and then I'll like check it with Chad. Like I'll be like, "Is that really <laughs> true to Chad?" <laughs> no, Paul. Not that you haven't written anything. It's just like Chad is writer daddy. I guess on this podcast. That's, yeah. that's very sweet of you. In an also, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about on any of this. That's very sweet of you. Well, Chad, you've got you've been hired to write things, and I guess I sort of have, but I've yeah. been I've been hired in the sense that like a busker could maybe be hired at like a bar one night. You know what I <laughs> no, mean? No, you're being too humble on yourself, Paul. You were a published author. Let's transition into hyping up Paul. Oh, okay, so yeah, now Chad, Chad, and I will talk about Paul. Okay. Um, uh, I, I feel like we have to start with Paul uh, is a like. A, a senior YouTuber, a seasoned, experienced veteran, <laughs> a trendsetter, if I may, about wow internet culture. Yeah, he's seen it all, and he's benefited from none of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you go to like a rock and roll history course, and you find out that Led Zeppelin just took all of their chord progressions. From oh a, yeah, yeah. Another right, you know, blues artist. Mm-hmm. Paul is that blues artist. I feel like Paul is is at the center of everything that was good on the internet that is now like tendrilled out into the public consciousness. He was. There I'm first. on the space station YouTube, which was launched in 2004 or whatever, 2006, and I'm trying to keep this thing running, but it's yeah, it's fighting me. Paul Paul puts up the good fight. To to keep the world tree of YouTube together, right? <laughs> the Yggdrasil of, of of YouTube. Yep. Yeah, uh, YouTube. you're the you're the squirrel that runs the length of Yggdrasil. I forget the squirrel's <laughs> name. In, in it's the, Paul now. It's Paul. It's That's Paul Ritchie, Paul. the squirrel who runs the length of Yggdrasil. If you know the name of the squirrel that runs the length of Yggdrasil, del- delivering news between the nine realms, let me know because I legitimately <laughs> forget. Update, I now know the squirrel's name is Ratatosker, so you don't have to tell me 
that's a squirrel who runs the length of Yggdrasil, delivering news from the eagle who sits at the top of Yggdrasil to Jormungandr who gnaws the, the roots of Yggdrasil. You don't have to tell me that that squirrel's name because now I know that squirrel's name is Ratatoskr. Sorry for the false alarm, but I now know and will remember that that squirrel's name is Ratatoskr. Um, but <laughs> I feel like in terms of who Paul is on the show, he's sort of like the inventor class. Like he's sort of like uh, coming up with with new uh, with with new characters and like scenes for us, interjecting a lot of the narrative it, that sort of connects our episodes together. Yeah, I, I was. It's funny to think about the. I, it's funny. I was already thinking about a class. Uh, like a fantasy class for you, Kevin. I totally like that. For yeah, Paul. let's talk. Let's talk oh. about Kevin. Talk about- <laughs> I, just, I feel like I'm at my funeral. So I don't. I. I can't. I can I just can I just say I I, I love you boys both so much. I love you, you guys such too. Good, like positive influences on my life, and in terms of something beyond the podcast, we're, don't worry, Kevin. We're going to get to hyping you up. I no, just wanted. To I'm not worried. Into us is that uh, I I have experienced in the last several years a constant source of positive encouragement. From you, my two good friends, Aww. including the the you two having this moment of at some point during one of our game nights going, hey, uh, we're not doing any more self personal smack talk. We're not doing <laughs> oh, yeah. stinking thinking. No stinking thinking on it, you know. No stinking thinking is, no stinkin is a thinkin'. Paulism. Yeah, for it sure. Has been a, it has been a very good uh, positive thing on both of my life. And Paul, you were the you were the start of that. But mm-hmm. Kevin, I would actually consider you. I, it's basically the paladin of our group. I yes. feel like, yeah, I feel like you keep us on on the, the the right moral path, not necessarily the puritanical path, but the right path. <laughs> right, and I think I think whenever there is a moment where a hammer blow must be struck, it is Kevin who we can count on to strike the hammer blow. If I if I was bit, or no, the three of us were in a zombie apocalypse. Okay. I, I knew I what you meant, bit. shorthand-wise, I knew instantly. Yeah, as soon as you say you're bit, you're like, oh, yes, <laughs> oh, I'm got it. I mm-hmm. uh, I, Paul, I know you would do it, but I know it would cause... I couldn't I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, Chad. It would be, it'd be hard. I couldn't hard. do it. You, you'd, you'd wait until I'm coming at you. Yeah. To give you some context, there have been two baby birds that have died outside of our house, and Jen has had to clean them <laughs> oh, up. Oh, that baby's so sad. <laughs> I know. I couldn't do it. I couldn't clean them up. Jen had to do it. Jen's a good farmer. Jen is a great farmer. She she picks it up and I hold the bag for her to put it in. Oh, but Kevin. <laughs> yes, Kevin. If would, I was yes. bit, I think Kevin would both have the thing of like, okay, we're going to see how this zombie infection works in this world. So we're going to. He would wait it out. He wouldn't lo- preempt. We're going to lock you up. Yeah, but he's already getting the sledgehammer, <laughs> and he's going. You know, he's and, like, and Kevin, I'll Ke- do what I have to. And Kevin would wake your ass too, like preemptively oh, wake yeah. your ass, and we'd have a great time before it. Because oh yeah. No one would mourn you harder than me if, if if should should you be bit. But that makes you the right one to do it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You would take it the responsibility seriously, and the uh, after effects would you would take seriously as well. And Kevin, th- th- this is all making you sound as if you were purely a, a workhorse. But I also believe that you are a lord of whimsy, and you bring a lot of whimsy to this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I I try to because I know I can be the executioner sometimes. There, I think. I think it, as, as we've discovered, I think it was a you know a couple episodes ago. I think it was someone on the Discord or on Patreon was like, "This is the episode where the gloves <laughs> came off for Kevin, where Kevin got got real about goosebumps." Uh-huh. 
and 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 uh, and defied our our fatherly instincts about the book. Uh, and you got got down to business. But I think you know where we all goof. We all we all take our moments at the goof ta- at the goof table, right? We all you know we, we all, all take our lashings and our lickings. We all take our lashings table. and lickings at the goof, which is now a thing that I'm imagining. A sad, not funny thing: the goof table where you are strapped to it and then whipped. That's true. All right, all right, boys, strap me to the goof table because I'm the clown this episode. <laughs> he is this today's clown. But yeah. but I do think Kevin, uh, you, you've done a good job of when when. Chad and I cannot make the final decision. You do bring the hammer down, but you you do it with with some goofs, and it's I think you do yeah. a good job. And Kevin's also, uh, I honestly, I'm gonna say techno paladin. Uh, oh, I, I you're you, despite us both, like Paul and I both having worked in the, I say we we can both say we worked in the video game industry. Kevin, you are the the creator, you're the one actually down there. You are the dreamer of dreams. Yeah, you're smelting the code together every month. I I am. I am. I'm definitely the one who like like smashes everyone's video game dreams on this podcast. It's like, here's why your good video game idea won't work. <laughs> video game show and tell is where we get our negativity out among as, yeah. as, as friends. For sure. Yeah. For Kev- sure. Kevin is a very good person to bring a video game that you're either into or thinking about or maybe even a video game you hate and like you want kevin to appraise it like antiques roadshow it is like that it is like an antiques roadshow yeah i i still think about how the one time i got you boys to play dead by daylight with me and within the first like two minutes kevin went um i guess i unlock something that thickens the mist Kevin clocked the intricate system work of that game instantly. <laughs> and watching you go through, like, there's blood points, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the Dead by Daylight um, tutorial experience, if it can be called that, <laughs> left an impression on me for sure. I loved uh, it. This is my chance to break out of the Kevin funeral. Oh, but I, we, we, I do want to say, before you break out of your funeral, Kevin makes video games. If it wasn't clear that we all talked about stuff that we do and narrative video games, very narrative heavy, heavy video games. So I think we all have presented each other's, here's what we do that gives us some right to talk about these things. Yeah, I feel like this was useful. One, if you're a longtime listener, and the majority of you are longtime <laughs> listeners of this podcast, uh, I feel like maybe it was nice to hear us say nice things about each other and reaffirm yeah. our brotherhood mm-hmm. before we plunge into the darkness that is Fear Street 1994. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's dark. But- if you're new here, that that's our general deal, mm-hmm. uh, and and we're very good friends, and we may have some words with each other. I think we're I, I don't know where we're gonna fall. We never seem to like be purely on the same page. Yeah, um, I feel like Kevin, you and I have been oppositing a lot recently. Yeah, I feel like there's always been a gradient of opinions on each work mm-hmm. we explore on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, real quick, I did want to say, and if you are an, if you are a longtime listener and you did sit through all that, uh, at least we got the goof table out of it. I love the goof table. <laughs> goof table, strap me to the goof table, boys. Strap me to the goof table, boys. <laughs> I got some funny jokes about creepy crawlers from the '90s. Strap me down. <laughs> Whip sound effect. We're in. <laughs> 
we are covering uh, another more modern uh, Goosebumps related work. Uh, we recently this year covered Goosebumps 2 Haunted mm-hmm. Halloween, a movie that divided us. It did. Not breaking our friendship, but it divided us. And I, I think it's fascinating when we get to talk about things that are made in this millennium. Yes. Uh, partly because, you know, uh, storytelling conventions have updated. What's in the fashion? What mm-hmm. what are considered faux pas have changed? Yep. And as, like, Paul asked earlier today, finally me sharing this in the podcast, like, you're like, you're like Chad, do you ever, like, get self-conscious about us talking about something that modern that people that we may work with someday made i'm like yeah i think about it all the fucking time like yeah it's gonna be an awkward writer's room when we when we walk in there one day and we're like yeah you definitely listen to our podcast (laughs) (laughs) i think uh i think at least for this one i can see how there were definitely some people who were trying to do their best as far as representation and Mm -hmm. Um, scares and like pushing the genre of horror forward. I can definitely see how there were folks in whatever meeting rooms they met in that were trying to push horror forward with this one. Yeah. And I applaud your effort, but this definitely feels like it is a horror movie by committee. uh, Yes. Yes. Kevin, I (laughs) felt like I felt the many opinions of of the consortium, the film yeah. consortium mm-hmm. in this movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. I felt it's funny. I felt horror movie by algorithm. Like, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. And which is which is maybe even a more insulting one than I mean of like, well, a person didn't write it, just a computer, you know. But like, there's there's something about when you can feel a story or project who is re- reacting to the trends around them, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's too many projects. Include this one where you're like. Man, you could just feel Stranger Things hanging over their head. Like you can just feel this, this, and this, both as an influence, but also a like some executive or someone who was in charge of it had this reference point in their head to the point of like that kind of just got pushed in regardless of the context. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, I think uh, have okay, we clearly stated what we're talking about today? We're talking about Netflix's Fear Street, nineteen ninety four, released in uh, two thousand twenty one. Anno Domini. Anno Domini, Year of Our Lord, um, boy. Uh, the first of the first boy. of three movies. Uh, boy. more coming every other week. I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think one drops tomorrow. Yeah, from where we're recording this. And, and I'm going to take the opportunity to say something nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I appreciate the uh, three movie uh, idea more than. Uh, just dropping an, a quote-unquote episodic series yes. that everyone just binges anyway. Agreed. Sure. And, and I got and I do. I think that makes a perfect segue into this preface that I wanted to make for this episode. Now we are yes. going to judge this movie on its merits as a standalone device to a certain extent, but but I do believe it's a little unfair for us to say things and it's a little unfair in our defense for us the beautiful critics watching this movie to have Mm -hmm. to judge this movie without the full context you know what i mean we do not have the full context now if netflix had been so kind as to reach out to one of their most uh most (laughs) studious and loving shows and giving given us screeners we could have given it the fair assessment it deserved we are goosebumps influencers aren't we Uh, but not you guys are going to get like our ideas as they as they happen like we don't know the future yet we don't know the next two movies we only know this one movie yep 
Cause... But it, it's yeah, you're you're totally right. It is weird because it it feels like it's a, a one movie of three, right? And mm-hmm. it's being packaged as three. So yep. do you treat this as the first act in a story, or there there are definitely times in this movie where they're calling out things, you know, to set up the next one? Yeah, yeah. In a way of like, and I I confess that I couldn't resist spending times during some of the scenes thinking about its connection or impact on the next movie. There's a scene in there's a scene in this one in 1994 where they talk about what 17 it's the 1978 78 yeah 78 where they would talk about you know the camp cold lake. I just remember the killer's name was Nightwing. Um is it, it Night Lake? Is it Night Lake or lake? Camp Nightwing or something oh, like that? It was Nightwing or at least they call the killer Nightwing. Um Here's the thing about this movie, a lot of stuff was going on and it was hard. Yeah, it was, it was hard, a lot. It was hard to track all of it. There were a couple times where I was, I was definitely like, taking notes. Yeah, yeah. I didn't take notes. Yeah. I should have done it. It is it Camp Nightwing is what it was, so it must be Nightwing is the name of the killer. Yeah, I think they referred to the axe guy as Nightwing. But yeah. there's a part where like they show the Polaroid and clearly that's a tease for the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and and one of the girls says like oh yeah my mom's sister was there and everyone got killed and it's both a cool tease and then i'm like but now i know how that movie is a kind of a weird thing yeah going, like i know everyone's gonna die in a horror movie but also like why'd you tell me that? <laughs> I don't the, the sub the subgenre of this particular horror movie is not mystery like mm-hmm. they don't give a shit about mystery every yes from yes. the from the credits you know it's a witch who done it Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the only mystery they have is someone in a skull mask is killing people, and you're like, "Who could it be?" And we that quickly gets resolved about forty. Yeah, minutes again, into the movie. they lift up the mask right right off the bat. Yeah, so they're yeah. not trying to hide too much from us. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah. F- and and that's fine. Um, but I do think the way uh, Paul, you talked about the the statement that you wished to begin your analysis with, which is we don't know the future of this. Mm-hmm. My statement that I wrote down for myself was, how fundamentally is this different from Haunted Halloween? Okay, it okay, Kevin. That's a great, great I, question. Yes, because you know what I thought of instantly as mm-hmm. as the as I guess the third act of this movie began and all of the killers showed up at once. I was like, we're back here. We're doing the yeah, Goosebumps yeah. thing. We're do- because both Goosebumps movies, right, created the 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 assortment of villains come out of the woodwork. This is it, this is also I the writer in me sees this trope now in everything that like mm-hmm. we can't like like Cabin in the Woods, an right. amazing movie, maybe ruined it for everyone yeah. because now what you can't have just like one killer. Or one villain, you got to open up the 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 Pandora yeah, box. The Avengers, the Avengers of killers. Space Jam is here. Yeah, that somehow is the same thing to me. Of like, throw it all in. They're all here. Yeah, I was waiting for the Iron Giant to come out. Honestly, I just yeah, knew yeah. it was going to happen at some point. <laughs> don't don't like miss your mark by having a villain that not everyone can immediately enjoy. Right. Give people a sprinkling of villains and be like, oh, do I like Knife Girl or do I like Axe Yes, Boy? that is the that is the by committee <laughs> feeling, right? Where it's like yep. it's like, what if they don't like our Jason? You know? Like what yeah. if like what if they don't like our Scream guy? Uh what was his, mm-hmm. what's the Scream guy's name again? Uh, his name oh. is Ryan. Spooky Ke- face. Well, I thought the oh, real, ske- the real skeleton sp- face. Yeah. Skeleton. Okay, yeah. Uh, I meant yeah. The, yeah, the real scream guy though. The, what's the actual real? Oh, scream? oh. Uh, uh, I played Dead by Daylight. And he's in there. I should know. Uh, not murder face. That's ghost face. Ghost, it's ghost face. It's just ghost. It's just ghost faced. Okay. At least yeah. in Dead by Daylight, it's called ghost face. Yeah. Um. 
I think the best place to start is if we just encapsulate this little um this little micro horror story that comes at the beginning. So uh, to sort of introduce us to the world. Yes. This movie um is wearing, I think, its influence influences on its sleeve. And yeah. for sure. This is this is Scream. This is the intro to Scream, right? Like this yeah. is our Scream yeah. moment. And I think uh, we, we throw uh, Maya Hawk in there. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's Netflix, so they're pulling out some of their heavy hitters. Maya Hawk's up get there. Get that Stranger Things they in gotta there. They got to get that Stranger yeah. Things. And as we saw in the next one, there will be another Stranger Things connection to this movie. Maya Hawk, right. Maya Hawk gets in there. And Maya Hawk is great. I think she's I think she's really charismatic. Uh, you know, she has two very charismatic parents. It's obvious that the charisma has flown through her, flown, <laughs> flowed through her into the into this uh, into this job she takes as actress. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, yes, yeah, she's great. Um and we're getting this we're getting this thing that's supposed to be kind of a a scream type intro and uh you know i think right away they're setting the bar right they're being like this ain't for kids we got some really like we got some really adult jokes uh, we got some mm-hmm. se- some mm-hmm. serious violence my problem with the intro i thought it did a great job up until i don't know if we want to talk about anything else before we kind of end where this thing but we'll try to we'll try to tackle it sequentially, and also if somehow you're listening to this expecting a spoiler free discussion of the movie, we're going to talk about. It oh, it, yeah, it's, it's happening. Yeah, this yeah. little intro sets up. Uh, yeah, this is your spoiler warning. This little intro sets up uh, a bunch of stuff that we'll see later on in this nearly two hour run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so long. F- flies on the neck, devoting supernatural mm-hmm. uh, occurrences. Classic witch shit. Yeah. Uh, jump scares. We got them. We got them. Lots of them. Yep. Spooky masks. We got those too. <laughs> Teens <laughs> wandering into poorly defensible uh, scenarios. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my favorite thing, they have Daryl Brick Gibson, who is the janitor in the beginning of this. Uh, he was mm-hmm. on the wire. He's also in Barry. He's great. Oh, cool. I didn't realize who that was. That's yeah. awesome. He's very cool. And I like... Uh, I like the inversion as Heather is running from uh, the killer, Ryan, uh, yep. that we see a we see a corpse in a chair. And I was like, did yep. they really kill the fucking black guy? No, nope. so I thought, like, too. They I thought they killed it. the janitor. Yeah, because he's the only other character you see. And they do the fake scare with him. And he's yep. just like, OK, weird. And he's just kind of an observer. Right. I think they overplay him a little bit because he does come back. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I my guess and we can look ahead a little bit to what's going to happen i think the next one will be a lot of flashback with Mm -hmm. a little bit of uh book ending of probably this story and then i think the last one is going to also do flashback but i do think there's going to be i think the characters from the story are going to be involved throughout the entire story which is both cool and kind of a shame based on who's still alive um All the good ones died. Um, no, do not do, do not do our boy Josh the be- like that. The best one died for sure. The best one died for sure. Well, <laughs> no, wait. Now I'm curious. Um, I don't agree. I think Josh is the best. But anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff being set up, including the janitor. You're seeing him multiple times throughout the movie. He's yep. like mm-hmm. like Josh, right? Josh is the younger brother. Like Josh helps get him out of. Yeah. Presumably handcuffed. We don't see it. And Josh like slips him a business card that we'd never see what it says. Like, Which if you didn't know the context of the fact that there were going to be three movies and they're probably all going to be attached would be a really fucking weird thing for a character yeah. to do at the end yeah. of a movie. But it, but you're yeah. like, okay, this is a, this is a, a, a little 
you know, seed we're planting for later on. I, I, yeah, that's really, and sorry, not to go back to this, like that we don't know everything, but the more, as we go through the script, or at, sorry, I'm using writer room term, uh, the more we go through this movie, you, you know, there's going to be things coming up where I'm like, I feel like that was a dropped thing that they just forgot about or got cut. Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know who that AOL person is that Josh is talking to. Better be someone important. It'll be somebody. Because that... They spent too much time with that to not do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Before we move on to like the rest of this movie, two things that happened in in this little intro bit that really bothered me, and like I'm I'm trying not to be like cinema sinzy about this, like, but this stuff follows the rest of the movie, and it kind of plagues it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We get um, in the in the fight. In uh, the sharper image, or uh, or Spencer's gifts, <laughs> Spencer's, or whatever. I, yeah, yeah. I read it as a Spencer's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I liked that being a Spencer's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she hits. She hits the killer. Uh, Heather hits the killer with a lava lamp and stuns him, mm-hmm. and then opts to run. Yeah. Right, which I, which I thought was kind of an interesting choice. Uh, it, yeah, uh, this movie seems to want to empower its women enough. To fight back, but really not enough to win yeah. <laughs> ever. Right. Uh, That's a really good point, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it just feels a little hollow sometimes when they're like, they're not victims, they're girl bosses. Lava, lava lamp slam. It doesn't then, matter if she hit her with a lava lamp if 30 seconds later she's just get stabbed through the belly. So like, he, here's my know, here's yeah. my problem with the scene. My problem with the scene. And I think yeah. that it's trying to do a so the music grows incredibly emotional when she gets stabbed. Yes, uh-huh. yes, I was gonna bring and, that up. Yes. It, and it's it's not it doesn't work because we are not connected to this character in Scream. There's no yeah. you're not like you do feel I guess you feel a little bit bad. There's a little more time and a little bit time to marinate with that character a little bit more. You know I think this rushes into the horror a little more quickly than Scream does, or at least the elevates the horror more quickly than Scream does. Right? You're referencing the, the Drew Barrymore opening. Yes, the Drew Barrymore where people were yeah. like shocked. The Drew Barrymore dies. Yes, kind yeah. Of Drew Barrymore, yeah. and that's a, that is a short film. In, in and of itself, that that yeah. short at the beginning of that, uh, I, I have I have a theory that this uh, movie is plagued by the sound alike curse. Like people use stand in audio for mm-hmm. this when they were in the editing phase, and then audio was added because I swear to God that final like stabbing scene with the really emotional music they just yeah. played Boromir's theme they just it's played too, the music I when that Boromir dies I was going to ask you whose music is that because yes. I had heard it before it's 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 super familiar and there, here's what I think there is happening there I think mm. it's the I think it's the Maya Hawk syndrome I think that we're supposed to care about her because she's from Stranger Things I think there's like uh. a little bit of like a like they're playing on the meta knowledge of this character we're supposed yeah. to love her more then we then we then the movie really kind of entices us to you know i'm mm-hmm. with you i'm with you paul because they started the credits with her name as like top build yeah that was a <laughs> that was weird probably also contractually maybe but like that was yeah. a we want you to think she is your main character and i honestly had forgotten like anything about it so i yeah i was i was genuinely shocked when she got killed also because i guess in my mind i kind of still thought that even though this was netflix because of it being an RL thing, I was like, this is going to be kind of like PG-13 at most. But they yeah. they quickly dispel that. They quickly, yeah, that, it's, the only thing about that opening scene I kind of like was when we were like, okay, I guess we're doing like actual death in this. Was, like, cool. was anyone else thrown by the Nine Inch Nails in there? Dude. Okay. All right. So. Mar- I, fucking music drops. Jesus Christ. That was the music drop that I think Jen was like, whoa, this song? Yeah. Like, I watched it with Jen. And, uh. 
uh, my wife. <laughs> I can't believe I had to say that. Cut that out. Cut that out. Uh, well, welcome Cut to this is your first episode of Goosebuds. Paul loves Borat jokes. If, if we uh, we forgot to mention that Paul's a wife guy in our bio. <laughs> Wait, you won't shut up about having a wife. He talks about it all the time. Oh, he just loves his wife so much. <laughs> Oh my god, cut me saying that. It's the stupidest shit I ever said. No, Kevin, never. Kevin, please Absolutely keep it. Absolutely not. <laughs> I said it to Jen. I, I said that to Jen, and it came out in that cadence, and I was like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> oh no, I'm cursed. Paul Paul is haunted by uh <laughs> Paul is haunted by your uncle at a party in 2012. That's <laughs> I have I have Borat syndrome, so I can't yeah. I cannot say those words without saying them like Borat. Yeah, uh, I have Borats. I have uh, Borats. I Borats. Borats. Uh, that was so the music drop that made you talk to your wife was the Nine Inch Nails. She, she instantly she was like she was like oh my goodness so, and like and I think that was like intentional right like I'm gonna fuck you like an animal is is coming at you right away that was, right yeah yeah so like yeah. you're like you're like oh this is serious we're adulting and you know we have like a blow up doll and like like sex jokes and stuff like that and like the guy's sure. shit and i don't like him and like i understand that's what i'm not supposed to do so like instantly you're like okay this is gonna be this is gonna be pushing things um into like a into a new territory which i thought i thought was a was was bold and good i think they did i think the interesting thing is these aren't based on any of the fear street novels either which i thought was Intriguing. No, I was trying to find reference points. Yeah. Did you guys I was trying to find it and unfortunately because it was a big release movie, it made doing things like I'm forgetting now the Switchblade girl that sung the song. I was trying to like mm. find is this a Fear Street book character and all I could find was 50,000 blog posts of like more information <laughs> about the song that the Switchblade girl uh-huh. was singing. Is she, like, is she Ruby I, Lane? I find Maybe? Ruby Lane. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't yeah. even find if there was a connection to like Oh, that's from so and so book, or you know, that's from the wrong call, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was. I I, I went in uh, I, I went in raw to, to this. I didn't I didn't uh, look up like anything Fear Street. Uh, I've never really interacted with Fear Street much. I just decided that I'll just accept this for what it is. So mm-hmm. I have no clue. I knew about the witch because I when you guys did a Fear Street episode of the podcast yeah. when I was just the editor for this. Yes. Um, I. Well, well, clearly not just the editor, also a friend and confidant. But what, but <laughs> I I, lo- I looked up the Fear Street vibe, and yeah, it does have to. It has a lot to do with Sarah Fear. Yeah, the, Sarah the Fear is she is a through line through it. And yeah. uh, I I we I, sh- I think we should say um, as a Goosebumps podcast, we have read a couple of Fear Streets, and I think Chad, I, if I remember correctly, we liked all of the Fear Street books. Yeah. That we read. Oh, I I pointed at the screen when the very first one you see in this bookstore that she works at. Was that the phone one? That was the wrong call. I was like, oh, it was like the wrong number or whatever. I was like, oh, that's that. I did the Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that's that one. Um, I memed right there. I did it. I clapped because I saw a thing I knew. That's good. uh, That's good. There was a couple of those where it's funny enough, the comparisons, I, I was trying to figure out if it was connected to, I think, the other Fear Street book. There was an interesting parallel to a few scenes later of of when they disturb Sarah Fears. Yes, which I, I think was one of the ones we read. Right? It was yeah. Awesome. The cheerleaders mm-hmm. one start has the incentive that like there's a car accident or thrown out of the bus. Oh and my the god! Cheerleader yeah. lands in Sarah Fears' grave, like you know, occasionally incurring her wrath, 
And then, but I was like, I don't think that's supposed to be a direct reference to that one. I think it's just a quinky dink, I, as far as I could tell. Huh. Um, it was hard. It was hard to pinpoint how much felt like a the same way the Goosebumps movies have been. Do you get it? It's the abominable snowman. Right. Yeah, so yeah, we have yeah. glowy globe snowball witches for some reason. Like, right, right. It was both references and not. Let's let's loop back to the music. Yeah, I want to loop yeah, back to the music. Fucking drops again with the mo- with the movie by committee feeling. This mm-hmm. has the music drops. Jen and I were flipping out because there, there's so many good music drops in this. It's incredible. Uh-huh. It's incredible. It's hit yeah. after hit. But they're like they're like daisy chaining them together in this weird way, which I'm like, oh, which it feels like the music was really trying to do a lot of heavy emotional lifting through the beginning of it to like propel us through the like kind of you know plotting out that they're doing right. The the little bit of like uh, uh, um characterization or no um, uh, the bad uh, thing that we don't like for the writers oh, oh um, uh, uh, exposition exposition the e one sure yes. the e word the ex- a little bit of exposition which they they hit you pretty heavy did you guys pick up that uh one town shady side is the bad town and the other side is the good oh side? my god that- i did i did pick up that uh shady side was perhaps not as uh economically strong or, or safe <laughs> As one other side. It was a subtle note running throughout. (laughs) But I think what really drove it home was the shady side sign that said shitty side on it. I was like, now I get it. I the, the, That earlier moment, like with the title sequence after the cold open, which at that point, I'm like, all right, I'm interested to see where you guys go with this. Like you're willing to kill awesome characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's a even though it's just scream them down. Like the they hit you with a radio play of like newsreel footage of and I it started to become comedic. Mm-hmm. It would be like another thirty people killed in Shady Side. Right, right. Boy, this town can't get anything together. Meanwhile, Sunnyvale invents electricity. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, right. It was just back and forth. It's like I get it. One town is doing well, the other one isn't. I understand. It's not a bad thing. Like I think that can is a cool that can be a cool idea, right? Like one town is cursed. It's it's the it's uh Eagleton, right? Yes, it's Eagleton and Pawnee, for sure. Yeah. But nothing fucking comes of it. This, that, this well, and Kevin, I agree with you, and that's was a point that I thought of. But then I kept thinking, oh wait, there's two Three. more stories. Because yeah. j- here's mm-hmm. what Jen called. I mean, and I think it's I think it's relatively obvious that the sheriff and the mayor are going to be involved in some way, right? Like, sure, yes, sure, yeah. Yes. The 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 sheriff is definitely going to sheriff Good is definitely going to be. Wait, his name's involved. Sheriff Good. Oh my goodness! Oh, you, didn't, you didn't pick that up on it? Yeah, I didn't yeah, pick yeah. up on the yeah. sheriff Good. I think yeah. I remember that name from the Fear Street books we've read. I'm like, oh, you're gonna find out the good <laughs> the good family was tied to, to the, the Fear family, movie. Fear family, and like <laughs> I. One the town's sunny sunnyvale's tied to someone who made a pack with a demon or whatever i think my problem with the good name was that i kept looking at his face being like that's just bj novak and jake Dillon all <laughs> smashed together BJ novak. Yeah. I like, yeah, they got ryan um he so is that same thought. He, he is pretty dreamy for a racist cop i gotta say <laughs> yes he is he is <laughs> He's a pretty good. He's and his brother too is such a young mayor. They're both incredible. So like I think there's. Yeah. Some, oh, I didn't even connect. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Oh, is it mayor? Yeah. Good? Oh, okay, mayor. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. There's some. There's some cursed shit going on there. B- with those bef- two. Before we get before we get too far away from the music, one more time. Oh, I yeah. did. Um, Kevin, you're gonna have to help me out here. Um, because you, you, Kevin, you yourself watched a YouTube video recently <laughs> that was about. Uh, Shrek and when and <laughs> when to use um licensed music in a work. awesome mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
you holding up Shrek as an example of doing it right. Okay. Uh, sure. Because Shrek has a very like strong soundtrack that's mixed up with an orchestral score. But what they do with that is when, uh, when characters are having a moment, uh, they go to licensed music. And when the, the world is like imposing things on a character, uh, they go to a more orchestral Disney-like hmm. theme. That's interesting. Okay. That video is called Why the Soundtrack to Shrek is Actually Genius, and it's by Sideways. So check that out if you want to learn something. Um, and I thought this actually hit that balance pretty well if if it was a little obvious with its track choices. Right. Like when teenage girl is feeling sad about having to dump her girlfriend, spoiler, uh-huh. uh, she listens to Creep I by know, Radio Radiohead. Radio yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. A, and uh, incredible song and, and great for the moment, you know, like 1994. But, hell yeah, you're you're in it. That's but that, yeah. I don't know if I, I actually wrote down that one as the one that was like, I don't know if I could do this because it was <laughs> the, the music drop I wrote down was early on. They are assigned like you're all you're all going to a mandatory morning because yeah. more people died. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Deanna, the main character, pretends to shoot herself. In oh, the face. D- Dina. And Dina. we get Dina. Sorry, Dina. We get five seconds total of insane in the membrane. <laughs> Barely yep. enough yes. for the song to reference. And then um, it's as Dina's getting on the bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she sits down, puts on her headphones, and Creep just starts. That and I was, was like, the most... what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. Like, that... what, yeah. Like, like, what are you trying to say with this scene? That was the most um, egregious. That was the most egregious musical moment right there. Maybe it was the Game Boy and the Metal Detector or some other of the thousand 90s or the AIM sounds. Right. Uh, from from uh, Josh, her brother. But I feel like, or the title of this, I feel like this took place in the 90s. I feel like that was <laughs> right. another thing right. that they were maybe trying to sell me on. Um, when, we showed up, when we showed up to high school and Machine Head was playing, I felt, <laughs> you know, like we knew where we, knew where we were. The only part that felt genuinely 90s to me was Josh's room. When he the, was when he's listening six, to Iron Maiden, I believe, while playing video Was it Iron Maiden? I thought it I thought that was Zombie. I thought that was when oh, Zombie yes. was playing while he's playing Genesis. He's playing Sega, which proves he's um, in the bad side of town. Like Whoa, <laughs> hey. I mean I will, yeah, but yeah. You're I, right, I, you're right. And I had a Sega and I felt like I I was on the right side of town, but I definitely was not. Sega is counterculture. Like Super Nintendo, I love that system. I own that system, but Sega is the counterculture. Sega's right? the bad boy. It is. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is. And I, I mean that both like as, as a badge of honor and se- the the 16-bit Sega systems were garbage. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, Ouch. Man, <laughs> Ouch. I, 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 yeah. There's some. I just want to. I'm glad we're talking about the the Sunnyvale. Uh, shady, shady side, Sunny Vale. This is two names. Yeah, I had to write um, this down like five times because I was like, Shady Vale, Sunny Side. No, Shady Side, Sunny Vale, Sunny vale. Yeah, which okay. is from the books, right? Yes. And and uh, the entire ecosystem of that town, mm-hmm. I know, has been explored. I couldn't stop thinking about like Buffy, right? Right. Vampire yeah. Slayer, where which is also Sunny Vale. <laughs> like so I was like, that's the same name. Uh, is it Sunny Vale? <laughs> It's something like that. Someone's listening to this podcast right now going, it's Sunny, sunny Dale, you fucks. I'm going. Uh, I think don't, it is Dale. Don't worry, I'm going. Dale. Paul's going to hack it for us. Sunny Dale. Sunny, sunny Dale. Dale. So like, but that's funny enough, it's like at, at some point in Buffy, right, is enough murders have happened where the town kind of normalizes it. 
Yeah. And, that's, and they lean into it in a kind of a comedic way. Right. Like, this is just what it's like to live here. It's like the jokes of like living in Gotham City. Right. right. What people must yeah. Yeah. And, and there was something so potentially really cool in this story after the title sequence has just laid out the like about, you know, every 10 years, a mass murder happens. Yes. Or yep. someone loses their mind. Right. Uh, like to the point that it seemed like the kids normalized it. They are blase about yes it and again it's it's playing on scream i think i think there's a lot of scream going in here because obviously the the, yeah. the 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 skeleton villain is very you know i think predicated on that character right um mm-hmm. who by the way gets shot in the head after showing that it's ryan uh maya hawk's uh friend gets shot in the yeah. face instantly killing the killer uh we think yeah. we problem solved uh good, yeah. good guy with a gun literal good guy with a gun shows up <laughs> cop did it and give all cops guns and, and, and ends it uh give them all give them their guns back give, give them your guns back <laughs> you might need to shoot a kid in the mall um um but what they do they definitely are still playing on this scream idea right because like in scream yeah. the murder happens drew barrymore's character is killed and then the next day we're at school and the, the media circus is there and but we don't get the media circus in this. But the kids are the kids are wiling out, and there's there's literally like a beat for beat <laughs> moment or like an, a, a, a direct homage to in Scream when when uh, Naomi Watts his character is talking to her boyfriend in the hallway and the and uh, and which McCall Naomi Campbell. Oh, sorry, Naomi Campbell, Naomi Watts. Oh my goodness, um, <laughs> that'd be cool. Uh, Interesting casting choice. Though. Yeah, well, that's how I would have done it, but you know, yeah. they didn't. They didn't. Comment. Sorry, I, mean, I just wanted to make sure. Oh no, 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 you're <laughs> you're good. So, like, I think Matthew Lillard's making jokes, much like our our friend in this one who is making jokes. Um, yeah, this, the ghost face runs down the hallway. Ah! I'm the killer, you know, and then literally in this one, someone says, "I'm the witch," and runs down the hallway past all the kids. It's like a direct homage to that moment but, so again okay, can we talk about that exact moment though that moment i was like holy fuck these kids are monsters because she goes i'm the witch and from what i could tell was dragging a lynched mannequin dressed yes. like the girl who had just been murdered that's fucked up <laughs> that's really fucked there's fucked a up. there's a sticker on maya hawk's uh like homage or, or uh her her uh, oh yeah her memorial, memori- her memorial yeah. locker that says peace out <laughs> yep <laughs> Well, like I, I, I think, I think they really struggled to hit that balance of uh, understanding high school kid motivations in a in an underprivileged right. part of the America, and just being like high school is awful. Everyone is their worst self. No one is likable. That and, that, and I, yes, it's a very nihilistic view I, of high school yeah, for sure. I felt, yes, felt, yes. a lot of it felt callous, right? Like. And uh, what's so we were her two friends are Kate and Simon, right? Yeah. Yes. So let's run down the characters really quick. Okay. We have our, our four big players are Scooby Gang, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is Dina, our main character, Sam, her love interest, Josh, Dina's brother, who is just uh, like uh, young black Mulder is basically his character. Yeah. <laughs> He literally, he literally has the the board. He has the the conspiracy the, the board. Indoor the indoor kid yeah. of the group is Josh. Right. It's sure. it's like I I was I literally said come on to my fucking computer screen when he pointed at his fu- his fucking bullets. It was a board. little much. It was a little. It much. was 
so much. <laughs> I said come I said come on when he was walking down the hallway and went up, up, down, down, left, right, B A start. Yeah. What does that mean to you, that's Josh? Before, that's before the sex scene, dude. Like that's not even like <laughs> him just saying stuff to himself. That's before he's like about to like and in- inca- have a sexual encounter in a bathroom mm-hmm. with another character mm-hmm. I'll name later. Yeah. But but like he just says that to himself, like it's uh, it, what well, what I pictured was the Catholic cross, like you cross yourself. Yeah, before. I, I, yeah. yeah, I feel like it was like a mantra it, or something to was, relax him. It was a little much, but you know I, what? Having been a weird nerd, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I was pissed off at that because it was completely <laughs> contextless. It was fucking. Oh, yeah. it, it was like. <sighs> It, it was like if he quoted a control alt delete comic or some fucking garbage. <laughs> I, it just if made me. Said, if he had said like a Penny Arcade comic, I also erode the human soul or whatever. <laughs> like... <laughs> don't worry, it's just something I say to calm me down. Don't, yeah. don't notice. <laughs> uh, this isn't a correction. Um, it's just kind of a shout out to Chad for bringing up a line. From a 2003 Penny Arcade comic. Like, a legitimate quote from 2003. At the time of recording, 18 years ago, more than 18 years ago, almost 18 and a half years ago, this line, I wrote the human soul. Some play tennis, I wrote the human soul. You have to respect Chad after that. Come on. I get it, and I get uh, it's almost part of the nostalgia that we're flashing back to a time where nerds yeah. were not in vogue, right? Uh, because literally everyone picks on Josh, like even even uh, when he, even he, when he uses his nerd awesomeness to get them free candy, Simon makes uh-huh. fun of him, and I was like, "Fuck you, Simon!" He just gave you free candy. <laughs> Kate, Kate, and Simon are other two characters. Uh, Kate is selling drugs uh, for reasons. <laughs> I she guess. Said, she says she's she said she's raising money to get out of town. Right. Okay. She's taking I'm prescription sure. drugs from the nursing home or yeah. the hospital. Yeah. The I, hospital. To, oh, opioid crisis, the cause of and solution to all, all of America's problems. problems. <laughs> <laughs> but but Kate is also a cheerleader who is and valedictorian doing- and valedictorian. And valedictorian and a babysitter, including a, a scene that we don't need to talk about much except for I guess she's babysitting two kids, and they're only there so that we can see that she has them sorting her drug bags for her. Right. Yeah. There are four bags. Ways. Just do it, Kate. I, I like, it's yeah, just, right. It wasn't that many drugs. It really wasn't. Yeah. Like, uh, here's the thing. These people, and, and Simon is our fourth character, who is the- yes. uh, who's He's the, shaggy. He's shaggy. shaggy. Yeah, he's the shaggy. Yeah. Um, he's shaggy. And I think the problem is they're all presented as- they're all presented as kids that are struggling to get by, right? Like that's sure. that's the the vibe that they want to get you want to take from this, right? Is that they're all on the wrong side of the tracks and they're all struggling, they're all working. Like Simon says he's working a double and I'm like, "When did you have time to work a double? You're in school." And I guess that's the point. Like everything's a little <laughs> yeah. height a little more heightened than I was expecting, right? Like everything's a little but more it, Yeah, but it's not like Riverdale No, where it's, it's not to that level of camp, right? Yeah. It's very it, it feels it this is for us right like the, like this they're movie? making this for 30 year olds I think. right because because zoomers don't give a shit about the 90s they don't care they don't they're not nostalgic yeah. for it they don't know it it's not interesting to them like i cannot picture 
a young person being like i don't know kevin because <laughs> i with you i thought the same thing and then last night because i just i couldn't talk to you guys about it yet and i needed to process one of the worst deaths i've ever seen in a movie i went on <laughs> i went on twitter and like and just searched fear street and all i could find is like fan cams of dina like like con which is a whole man ran of like guys fan cams if it's just random shots of a character without any context of what they're doing it's not a good fan cam but when you're just like 30 seconds of footage of her just like staring obliviously as Damn, a Chad. k-pop song plays i'm like do you all like are these like 20 like 12 year olds who just like fucking love these characters Chad, now or are they Chad, like, yeah i before you tear into the fan old man cams, rant before you yeah. tear into the fan cams may i point you to exhibit a aka dbz anime music videos all right we did Those we did it fucking hella we tight did, we did it ourselves <laughs> we Those were hella tight well i was actually using it as a point of like maybe younger kids are right, watching right. this and getting into it yes. i can't tell yes totally I, I i think this is a good part of the podcast for this segment um let's talk about uh <laughs> Let's talk about sapphic romantic relationships and media. Okay. Yay. All right. So <laughs> we're we're three we caveat, we are we are three white straightish I assume men. Yeah. Uh who are, you know, we're all we've got for this particular part of like understanding this media. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we can really say too much on the subject of the portrayal of like two women who are in a romantic relationship, but I feel like there's gotta be something better than this, right? Like we've got to do something better than this, right? Dina, I'll also, again, listen, if I'm missing somehow some context as someone who is straight, this was a Dina and Sam are a bad relationship. Like Dina is incredibly toxic and and abusive. We don't, we don't see them when they're together. When Dina gets mad at, at uh, Sam, her girl, her former girlfriend, her ex-girlfriend, for yeah. leaving town on her, and then Sam has to remind her that her parents got divorced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hold up, you are the bad and guy, then, Dina. And then Sam, at the end of the movie, apologizes for it. I'm like, no, you weren't in you the were wrong. Gaslight- yeah, gaslighting because, you, Sam. Because I feel like Kevin, you're probably thinking the same thing about this. I. While someone who is who identifies as straight, mm-hmm. uh, I have enough bisexual friends, and we talk a lot about the t- phrase like "bi erasure" in in storytelling. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. and I think this movie would fall under that category of the major crux of Sam and Dina's relationship, or them on the splits. As Sam is writing a very mean mixtape, which I get kids do this. They're, kid, they're teenagers. Uh-huh. But she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to her at the, at the, at the, at the funeral, at yeah. the football game funeral. I, and like this version of Sam's big sin in Dina's eyes is that she's moved on and has a, now a male partner. Right. Yeah. She's dating a boy. And I definitely read all of that context of like, you're betraying your LGBTQ nature by yes. being a boy now. Right. Yeah. Right, Which, right. And like, I kept wanting to be like, what if she's fucking bi, Dina? Like, it's yeah. not, it's not all about you. <laughs> like that kind of thing. But Dina's obviously, uh, Dina has some, yeah, it, Dina's the problem here in the relationship. She broke up with her too, which is, all, which but is the also movie doesn't. Yeah, but the movie doesn't think that. I don't think no. the movie thinks that Dina's the problem. <laughs> no. And here's, yeah. here's how you know it's bad. Like, okay, so the, the, the way they play with it is, Dina makes a mixtape for Sam, Sam, gender neutral sort of name. We see two uh, characters mm-hmm. on the Sunnyvale side. Um, yeah. 
engaged in some ass grabbery, some some lovingly camera framed ass grabbery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh It's a raunchy w- pinch. All all I could think of was like the killers, like um Mr. Mr. Brightside. Uh-huh. Like that's the level of melodrama yes. we're, we're running on. Yes. Here. <laughs> well, and like Kevin, like Chad said, it's the football game uh, uh memorial, which is weird yeah. because they bus all the kids over unchaperoned, yeah. unchaperoned, and that Unsha- there's result- no adults. That re- Where are the adults? That results in a ma- <laughs> that results in a massive problem for this town. <laughs> Un- unchaperoned and in costume. Did you yes, guys? Grok that's what that? I was gonna say. Is that is, is that they they're all in football costume and they're not playing a game. They're just there to be sad. Well, that's what I thought. As I thought it was supposed to be a football game afterwards, and that's why Simon's dressed like their witch you know mascot, what? Maybe which is also a weird football mascot. That was weird. Different thing. That was weird. <laughs> We're the go- my my high school was the ghosts, so I felt right at home. Okay, this, we're doing uh, some new New England shit is going yeah, on. Yeah, here. this was okay. definitely New England. I don't think uh, there are too many witch hunts in in California. Okay, all right. I have never heard of a sports team called the witches, but I I for the devils, the, the devils, Sunnydale the devils, devils or the, demons. Yes, I think it makes dev- perfect sense. Devils and witches. Yeah, the de- the devils were definitely invented just so that the devil between us must be devil between us could play at the end, and I kind of approve. Like that was a oh, pretty good I see. Song I too. think we're gonna find out there was some like Sunnyvale is prospering because of some sort of evil pact. Oh, that's, so, that's my yes. that's my crazy guess. Yeah, I th- and okay. I think the, the goods are in on it without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, here's, tracks, here, yeah. here's where I will def- I will come to the writer's defense here. Uh, maybe there was <laughs> supposed to be a football game that happened, but then a fight breaks out during the memorial. <laughs> like, yeah, I just want to. We could talk about this opening for the entire rest of the podcast. Yeah, it's seriously it's fucking so world crazy. building overkill. So it's much, so much, so much <laughs> happens in the first twenty minutes, and and like we should be complaining that too little is happening, right? That would be the normal complaint for a movie. That's, <laughs> oh, that's... To, oh, to the old days where a dog would jump out of a closet and <laughs> yeah. scare the character, and you'd just be like, oh, I guess it wasn't a ghost, it was a dog. Oh, the but... days. <laughs> the old golden days. The golden like, retriever days. I wanted to message you all. <laughs> that was pretty good, Paul. I wanted to message you guys while I was watching it, going like, just the nature of whatever. A couple hundred kids from both schools are shipped out to a football field for a moment of silence for a mass murder. And like, I know it's the 90s and it's different than it is today, but like, there was something about like, a kid killed oh. other kids. Yeah. Was that and was you that all are commentary? Being like, what, I don't know. Do maybe think, it, I was trying to wonder if it was going for that. Like, oh, these kids are so jaded to it. But like, then you have the Sunnyvale kids going like, oh, because kids gotta stop fucking dying. I don't give a shit. I don't know who they are. I'm like, I don't know. I, the, the level of believability of what a person would say to me. Um, there was no, like, I think I, I know there's assholes. There are, I don't know, and but. and. and I, I think there are assholes, and I think that again we're we're in like a heightened state. Everything's a yeah. little a little heightened, and the bus ride back is very heightened. Uh, <laughs> right. oh, dude, the bus ride back is my favorite riot, scene. Riot bus is incredible. Riot bus. <laughs> I loved riot Clarify. bus. I riot bus is my favorite part of the whole fucking. <laughs> me too. Movie. Me too. I, I I wrote down so many notes about it, but this is after a full blown riot has broken out. During a memorial service, that felt like that felt like, <laughs> like the, that felt like the deepest homage to like a Riverdale type situation, right? That, like that's sure 
That felt like a clone high homage. Yes. <laughs> you see the pool? They flipped the bitch. The bitch. <laughs> they, were, they were riding on a collegiate level. It was a... <laughs> <laughs> the the ride back I loved because and by the way I'll say right now favorite character of the movie Kate Kate fucking rocks Kate, um, Kate is the most original character I feel in in this yeah uh, in this yeah. work Kate Kate was maybe supposed to be something different at one point in the script based on the way that people referred to her as like a tweaker mm-hmm. or a druggie yeah. and like a criminal and like I don't think she is I think she's like she's a got star her, pupil yeah she's got her shit uh, together yeah <laughs> she has yeah. her shit together she's very like Annie Edison in community vibes to me yeah um, yeah like has her shit together but she'll cut you you know like she'll fuck yeah, you yeah, up yeah 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 but after essentially a hate crime occurred in the football field, uh-huh. which yep. we don't see how it ends, I guess everyone just got on the bus and got a talking to. Jen kept saying, where are the adults? <laughs> no, where are the adults here? So, like, they're on the bus and they're riding back to their school, I guess. And, like, Kate is giving the way, like, I've ridden on the bus after before and after a football game. I've heard my share of, like, a high school dude giving an inspiring, like, the men you're about to go play against are your mortal enemies. Nothing yep. has compared yeah. to the speech Kate is giving oh my goodness. about how Sunnyvale needs to fucking burn. It's, like, it's a Conan the Barbarian yes. speech from a cheerleader, <laughs> and that is conceptually pure. That's amazing. I love the riot bus. Riot. The riot bus is amazing. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> moment. No, it's a moment to a, a sister podcast that Kevin and I are on a chat as a, on as, as a guest on Pretend Friends. <laughs> this is a moment from Pretend Friends where where one of one of us makes a Joker flip on a charismatic speech and then riot bus occurs. <laughs> Chooch Chooch starts lighting Molotovs. Yeah, oh that's where it goes from there. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, the. And to top it all off, we get a pressed ham. How fucking awesome was that? Wait, what, Wait, what was that? I don't. Oh, you mean the butt? Uh, <laughs> the, the butt on the window. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so we... here's the thing: the yeah. pressed ham is great. The pressed ham is great. Pressed ham, but it's weird. You guys never okay. did pressed ham? No, I never did a pressed no, ham. No, I never heard that term. <laughs> never pressed heard ham, but I love it. That sounds like some, I, that is fantastic. Kevin, I genuinely thought maybe one of the Sunnyville kids threw a nice honey baked ham. <laughs> no, and I'm like these kids have everything. They have there, hams on demand. There were a lot of plate glass windows at my high school, so. Oh no. Uh, okay. All right. That must that must yeah. have been a you thing because I'd never heard pressed ham. Before. You know what? That's that's definitely was big. That's definitely on Urban Dictionary. What am I talking about? Um, (laughs) So here's the thing about Simon, and I think Simon was doing the best Matthew Lillard that that the actor Uh who played Simon could do. Simon did a great job. Did not have quite the level of Matthew Lillard charisma that, or or maybe uh, I don't know. I don't think he was. Maybe he wasn't unchained enough to be the Matthew Lillard. Matthew, have you guys watched Scream recently? Because Matthew Lillard kills it in that. I, I want to say, I don't think the script was unchained enough to allow yeah. for this character. Because I think they were deliberately trying to make this dark. Uh, yeah. And, like, uh, am I about to reference Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, on this? Yes, yes, on this yes, very please. fucking podcast? Make it happen. Guys, new, new, new people, w- welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Kevin can't stop fucking talking about Final Fantasy Spirits Within. <laughs> He loves those goddamn ghosts where if they touch you, you die. He loves them. A landmark movie in in the realm <laughs> of uh, alien ghosts from outer space are fucking up our cyberpunk future. Yep. Anyway, 
that movie was was the first in my young brain where I I noticed they made the deliberate choice to kill the spoiler for everybody they made the deliberate choice to kill the comic relief. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they kill they kill Neil. I had an action figure of Neil Fleming. And I fucking love him. <laughs> Kevin, that's the coolest thing you've ever admitted to. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Fleming, great fucking character. Um, but didn't deserve died, to die. Didn't deserve to die. That's why his death was meaningful. Um, Eris who is what I'm saying. Damn. But <laughs> There's the hammer right there. Holy shit. He dropped it. But this this is a this is a character that in hindsight, uh, and I'm talking about um, Simon, uh, Simon, Simon exists only to die uh, and r- reveal that serious shit is now going to happen. Yeah. Because Simon is sure. too fun for this script. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I wonder Simon. I wonder if Simon, if Fred her, uh, Hetchinger. The actor who plays Simon was was I wonder how off book he was going with this because it sometimes it felt like it was but when the pressed hand moment happens he's just like he says something I can't remember the exact wording that he uses when he says it but it doesn't feel right you know it feels very like feels forced and like I don't know it, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it would have been better with just the with just the pressed hand you know like you, just you know it, what line I. <laughs> Yeah, the, you know what line I think Simon ad-libbed? Yeah. I think Simon ad-libbed the line midway through, which should have been the end of the movie, but was midway through, mm-hmm. where everyone has sexual hookups. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Simon goes, did you all go to Pound, Pound Town, Town or yeah. whatever? And then like, did or like, did we all go to Pound Town? And they're like, oh, Simon, stop. And he went like, because I did. And I'm like, Simon, <laughs> did you jack off in the fucking he did, bathroom? Simon? That's what... That's when he became my favorite character, when he jacked off to the himself? mirror reflection of himself. Yeah. Him himself in his tidy whiteies. I was like, yes. I, this shot makes it seem like he's touching himself. Oh, I guess he did. Oh, I guess he jerked off it when they're, before they're about to die. Uh, I am not I am not exaggerating at all here when I say, what a king. Like, the, <laughs> the self the, the self love he exhibits and the supportive and the supportiveness to his friends i was like okay is he just like uh it, 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 does he just not consider sex at all no he do he's just perfectly happy with himself he, and simon loves himself i've never seen uh a character in any work that was just like i'm just doing me and i'm i'm enough for myself right now mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. simon simon broke the trope a lot. I, cause I, at first I was kind of expecting Simon to be like, Simon's either going to be kind of the cliche, like gay best friend of Kate or they're yeah. dating. And I haven't picked up on that yet or something. And then like, it's like, Oh yeah. Simon just going down his own. He's going his own way. Simon, <laughs> um, Simon didn't always work for me, but the, the Simon gag that absolutely worked for me was when they go to Simon's place of work, which is a supermarket and he's walking mm-hmm. past the wall of employee of the month photos and it's all the same photo of Simon. It, that yes. worked for me. That gag. <laughs> that guy got Jen and I. It was a good one. He's doing great. That's great. Like I I just think he's too much fun for this movie and there's probably a Simon cut out there. I think where yeah, it, he released the Simon He didn't cut. mesh. Yeah. yeah, his his stuff didn't mesh with the tone of the movie and uh, you know, and not that Matthew Lillard's uh, goofiness really. I, no, I, no, Matthew Lillard's does mesh with Scream because Scream is a self-aware meta narrative, right? And I think mm-hmm. Matt Lillard's like level of Simon that he's doing in that it works 
because the whole movie's sticking its tongue out of its mouth, right? And being like, ha, yeah. I'm just making fun of the stuff that you all love, you know? Like I'm just I'm just playing with the with the with the you know, all the strings and stuff like that. And Simon is that level of self-aware in a movie that is not intending to be self-aware about itself. No. I so Chad, um I, I wanna check this with you because um when you write a script with lots of characters that have like different needs like they need like maybe a little extra supervision or whatever like are there writers specifically assigned to single characters um sometimes like in a, in a serialized story we definitely will do things of like hey uh i'm trying to think of a show i could reference something i worked on we're like you know and when i worked on wizards you know we have the talking cat archie and everyone loved mm-hmm. archie but it became very easy to like forget about him because you're focused on like the a plot right mm-hmm. and so we'd have someone like we always either have a sign that says, like, don't forget about Archie. That's kind of an inspirational thing. Like a cute picture Aww. of him. Or or you would go to a character that had resonated, a writer who had resonated with them. You go, like, you got to think about Archie every episode. Right. What mm-hmm. is What are they doing? What do they want? Yeah, you do a thing to kind of, like, it's like a buddy system between fictional and real people. That's for cool. Sure. Um, I could kind of feel that guardianship around the, the main five. Well, the main five four characters in this yeah sam doesn't really get to be a character she's just sort of there yeah a lot. Sam, sam is a an, uh, an item a plot item literally a plot item yes around. literally like, a plot stand item. over here and then stand over here take these pills yep. like all of these different things mm-hmm. um, but but i feel like whoever was the guardian of simon did a great job um Sure, I, or I, someone did a punch up on it. They really made Simon shine. Yeah, yeah. I, or, uh, I felt like he was pulled in a direction early on of being a little too mean. That's uh, the problem. And, I think I think his yeah. his humor co- comes off as mean and callous, which I think yeah. a lot of the kids feel a little more callous than they should. But but that's all in service of making Josh, who uh, who's we've ignored talking about because really not much to say about him. Uh, but Josh like, has a crush. That's about it. Yeah, Josh has a crush on Kate. Is that her name? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Kate. Josh has a crush on Kate, and he's a nerd, and he's Dina's younger brother. Um, but I think Simon only like the only reason for Simon to make there's no reason for Simon to make fun of Josh when right uh when when Josh gets him candy. Yeah, there's no hacks, reason he hacks the machine. They're like, how'd you do it? And he says, oh, people share hacks on the internet all the time. And he goes, nerd or dweeb or nerd or something yeah, like that. He, yeah, and the only reason he does that is because they're like, there needs to be an arc. Like right. someone was like, we need to have a, a respect arc right. that Simon goes over to respecting Josh, but it just doesn't fit his character. But it it doesn't matter what these characters are. I quickly learned like they'll just be whatever they need the plot, the, whatever the plot needs. Yeah, like, I think <laughs> we're given longer, more time with characters. So in a horror movie, right? You typically you kill off everybody, right? And like, and the majority sure. of the main cast tend to be pieces of shit because that's that's part of why we're okay with them dying, right? Is that yeah, they they, the, they deserved it, right? Yeah, since this kind of lacks a compelling present villain, it's just about these four characters. Right. So they can't be pure because they have to die because of their sins. Right. And and leave the breeding pair alive. Like that's horror, right? Like that's <laughs> yep. the horror. Sure. Formula. The, yeah. The or the virgin gets to live as the ultra. Right. 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 Like the, um, but they 
they they're they're kind of fighting two directions here where they want to yeah. have these quirky like stranger things characters that everyone loves and like it's like oh that, i i love simon i'm totally a simon like but they also want to be this dark horror movie type thing where uh yeah that's that's how it really would go down like one false move and you're fucking Kev- dead kevin yeah. totally yeah. i'm totally it felt like this was a movie that would constantly tonally shift where I also I would kind of constantly go from like, I'm having a lot of fun to like, oh, misery. Like yeah. it, it, it would shift between Stranger Things is obviously the more reference point. I would think I always thought a lot of like, you know, Monster Squad to me is kind of the farthest side of one side of those spectrum. Yeah, right? yeah. There, was, like, there yeah, were yeah, moments yeah. of, yes, Chad, there were definitely moments of Monster Squad and like kind of like the fun like 80s 90s like uh like te- like kids teaming up uh uh the, the Goonies, kids are in Goonies danger vibe. yeah, yeah the yeah. kids are in danger but also they're going to yell the wolfman has nards right. as they kick him in the balls exactly yeah and then the other side there'll be times in this movie where i was like all right we're doing stranger things happy stuff where they're all kind of making jokes right because simon gets attacked simon gets attacked by a monster and his response is she looked really hot you know like yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. Like, it's like a joke yeah they're like like he's he's not and that and again Kevin, that's what you're saying. Like, he feels like a character outside of this movie because he's constantly reacting with the like, I'm scared, but I'm also still being funny, you know, and nobody else really does that throughout the movie. Everyone else is just scared. I, I believe like at this point, we're like an hour into the movie. Um, yeah, riot bus, and- riot bus happens and then they throw, uh, accidentally throw a, which is weird because like a nosebleed <sighs> happens to Dina and Sam. Oh, at the same that Dina t- thing is, that Dina nosebleed thing is definitely got to pay off in the later yes, movies. Yes, and that, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is the thing. Like there's, again, there's these things that happen that are like, that would have been lost plot threads, right? But they, but again, we do not know what the full story is going to be like. Yeah, and uh, just to just to briefly jump back to like our riot bus, <laughs> our, our favorite scene. Remote... I can talk about riot bus the rest of the podcast. <laughs> riot bus the rest of the podcast. Uh, just to briefly jump back to like our our emotions dealing with this po- this movie. I wrote down: Is this how folks feel about anime? Like when you haven't watched anime <laughs> uh-huh. for a while and you see a really fucking anime ass anime, and you're like, "Yeah, that's that's anime." And I guess I am sort of talking about Demon Slayer uh, at this point, right? But but it's like it's like that is for a lot of people, Demon Slayer is great because it's just like all the stuff they know about anime, like shoved into one sausage casing, right? And for me, I'm watching Fear Street 1994, and I'm thinking, this is just all the stuff people expect to see in a horror movie mm-hmm. shoved into a sausage case. Yeah. It's, it's hitting all of them in a way that I was kind of like, maybe structurally a little impressed that they were able to do it. And then around the time that I thought the movie was over, I realized it was halfway. And I'm like, oh. that okay, was so We maybe. paused it in the middle of it, too, and I was like, whoa, there's still an hour of this bitch? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have, I have two theories I want to throw out about this without any research whatsoever. And every time I throw Love a theory it. out, usually people listen are like, Chad's fucking crazy. Fire from the hip, baby. RL, RL wrote all 500 books. Um, <laughs> I, I think, one, at some point, this was a TV show. Okay. I think it's just because the nature of like the stru- the structure of this movie felt so weird to me mm-hmm. of like I couldn't really pinpoint when I kept thinking the third act was coming and it actually was not. It was kind of like a misdirect like, oh, we thought this was the end, but it didn't. So now we need to change our plans again. Mm-hmm. It really felt more like the rising falling of a smaller miniseries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wondered at some point. At least, like the outline of this was more. Well, for a series. again, I think that this is weird and hard to judge because it is kind of a 
like a serious. It's still, even, it still is, even as this movie. It's, but like this first movie could have been like five episodes. It's three, three yeah. episodes. Right, definitely. And it's three movies, right? All filmed at the same time, which is very strange. <laughs> same cast that's going to run throughout it. So there's some weird blending of a television movie event type of thing going on, you know? Like it's a little like. And I don't mean that in like a television movie. Like there's like a the lines between TV and movie are being blurred in this very strangely, and I th- a way that I for think sure. is hard for us to kind of process, you know, from at least from one movie uh, isolated. Yeah. Mm. The other the other theory is that I I would really like to read the the script version of this, like not the you know translation, but like the actual ones that they they had shot. Yeah. Because I wonder if. Kate and Simon were both on the page, or at least originally were supposed to be much more scuzzier people. Like that's hmm. yeah, like I, I the way they're the definitely way they react to them. Right. It, there's there's a lot of stuff of like the way the way it's treated at the end of like the way that people are dismissive towards them. And I was thinking about how like halfway through the movie, again halfway through, several of the characters like Simon and Kate, I guess, are the ones leading the charge of like. We've realized that these creatures are only hunting Sam, not us. They've been hunting all of us because we had blood on ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's really just Sam's blood. Right. Yep. It's her it's her lesbian blood they want. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yep. And like and and it's like that kind of thing. So basically like Simon and Kate are like, um, maybe we just give them Sam so we don't all die. Yeah. And it's treated kind of hand waved away. But it's a pretty shitty moment so that I think that like that was supposed to probably lead into that plus the later events plus making fun of Josh that one moment is like these were the more despicable two that were stuck in the group. And then so you would feel a little less about them dying. Right. But either because of punch up because of those two actors really bringing good stuff to them because of riot bus. Yeah, because of riot bus. They did not come across as the ones where you're like, well, they deserved it. You know how at a sporting event when your team's losing and you need to win, they play an incredible speech? Riot Bus will be played at sporting events. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Play Riot Bus at my funeral about whoever was my enemy, just insert in Sunnydale. With- yeah, we'll, we'll dub it. We'll dub over it. Whatever enemy killed you because you're going to die in a duel for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, right. Uh, can we talk about Ryan Bus? Like that bus driver just kept fucking driving. The bus, like, my bus just... driver would have turned around and started slapping at people. You know. So the kids, the kids are screaming. We are going to burn the city down. Then Sunny Sunny Vale shows up behind them in a convertible, trying to run them off the road. You know what, yeah. Shady Side? Uh, you know what, Shady Side is a tough town. I'm not going to blame this driver for just getting, Shady... just trying to get the job done. You know what I mean? But they open the back door for like minutes, and they're like heaving, hoeing the Gatorade container yeah. and there's no moment of the bus oh. driver because if you'd seen it for a second you'd be like, what does he think's going on? Yeah. He just they, keeps going forward. They heave ho a light plastic Gatorade container meant to be lifted up and poured over people's heads at sporting events. Mm-hmm. That's what the fucking container is designed to do. Right. Uh, Kate says, Dina, are you sure this is a good idea? Making Dina turbo guilty for this because she sees her ex in the Sunnyvale car uh, who's just like riding being like I guess I'm part of this rabble now yes. looking <laughs> like she's been captured I stop yeah. help me I'm stuck in a heterosexual relationship my, help my, me my toxic hate crime boyfriend is driving and brought me <laughs> along gotta stand by your man you know he is doing a hate crime against uh, my former town but <laughs> I guess I gotta be in this car 
so they heave ho the the Gatorade at him. Caddis like critical hit, like twelve successes on that. <laughs> Absolutely, on that Gatorade. You flipped, you flipped a bunch of a, a bunch of jokers. <laughs> <laughs> Car swerves off the road uh, and crashes, uh, killing no one, injuring a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the where the where the car crashes is precisely on Sarah Fear's bones. Yep, <laughs> her very shallowly dug bones. That's what Jen said. Like... Jen was like, "This this woman was killed in 1666, and her bones are that shallow to the uh, in the ground. Like some red moss was on top, and she yeah. just happened to find them. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that was some weak fucking sauce, right? <laughs> it was." That scene was very confusing to me. I don't know how I missed that she laid it on the bones, but like they had the bones and I was like, where'd they get those bones? <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> they just got the bones? What the fuck? Here's well, where a- here's where a, a movie about two towns that are economically and culturally divided would have been more interesting than a movie about a bunch of zombie killers well, coming they- back from the dead. Yes, and this is where it diverges, right? Like it diverges yeah. at this point and it becomes not about the the cultural and the economic divide of these they two towns. They completely abandon that premise yeah. of it. Yeah. And just to like catch uh, this is going to be a long one. Oh, uh, yeah. But just to catch us up to like where shit starts happening again, because there is a fucking gap after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so find bones, bones bad, touch bones. Have uh, Sam has visions of witches. Sam goes to the hospital. Uh, Dina and uh, Josh are stalked by a killer in a mask, yep. who they determine must be Sam's boyfriend who sucks. Tony? I'm just guessing. To- <laughs> uh, I wrote it down because uh, I liked his Peter. 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 Ryan, get it? Ryan is the he's other a, bad a, guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew I knew it was a word that also means penis. So it was <laughs> yeah. Peter. Um Oh then, yeah, like Tony, yeah. Yeah, like Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh Kevin cut that out. We don't want to offend the Peters of the podcast. Uh, and the, to- our Peter and the Tonys, podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They get it enough. So very callous to our listenership. Um they go to well. Kate and Simon are babysitting across the street from Dina, but that doesn't mean anything. They quickly drop the kids off somewhere else and we never hear from them again. Right. It doesn't matter. Uh, the four the of- bus driver is never seen, never dealing no. with the fact that like you, cra- you crashed a car off the side of the road and your kids did. Nope. Nope, you know the, what I do love about this movie? They the kids stick to their stories every time they talk to the cops. Yes. Do not divulge any information. The fact when Simon says "Eat me, pig," I was like, Simon, I love you. Simon You're rules. Great. Based and one three one two. Simon, I, I <laughs> love. I loved it. I lo- I liked it. I liked it. But you know what? I felt it was a little pandering. I was like, okay, they're definitely going for the A cap crowd here. They're there going- is. You're right, Paul. There is nothing punk rock about a Netflix uh, no. revival of no. R.L. Stein. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Fear Street. But they but, put in the pixies in the movie. I, I do I do think it was pandering to millennials. Yes. Like I feel like they were like and there must there must have been someone uh in in the writer's room, at least one person who thought that even if this didn't ring the truest this was probably at least a step in the right direction, and maybe people appreciated a more critical cop. Sure. Uh, oh, and, and yeah, and and they like admittedly they do follow through on it through the movie, and they do like they do fuck with the cops the entire movie. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dina's best moment is when she steals a gun from a cop. I that was like, that's your was, only good move. That was great. And, and then he says the, the outrageously weird line of, why don't you go call your boyfriend and tell him you're tired? <laughs> I didn't get that at all. The cop says that? Yeah, yeah that was... That was very weird. Uh, I don't know what that was about, but I feel like maybe someone was like, the a cop said that to me once and it's going in my thing. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Bad things are happening to everybody. Everyone's getting attacked or found by like random people. They decide yeah. they need to rebury the bones, right, of of Seraphir. Um, I just, I want us to just spend one second, one like half of a fucking thought on Betty. Like Betty was what was Betty about? Were we supposed to know who Betty was? What was that all about? Betty was Kate's drug hookup, yeah. implying how she gets her prescription drugs to sell to kids, uh, other teenagers. Yeah. This movie this movie has a habit, and I noticed it when Betty was introduced and then simultaneously killed within two minutes. Yeah. Betty is this movie does a lot of things of like almost like a way you would run a camp like a tabletop campaign. Of a big buildup of a character that you think is going to be an NPC that'll stick around for a long time. Yes, yeah. And then, nope, the killer got him. Hey, hey, why was Betty a queer-coded character that was introduced, like, with some fanfare and just killed? It felt like there was more Betty somewhere in this why, movie. Why was Betty killed? Uh, because <sighs> the these, char- these monsters we learn only want Sam's blood. And we had we had the we had like the desk nurse killed as well, who was very much a black woman. Uh, and they why... and they interrupt they interrupt killing me softly with his song for Betty's song, and it made me very upset because I was really vibing along to killing me softly at that moment. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Kevin, they were, you're hitting. They, you're, go ahead. They Sorry. they were skipping. They were skipping songs on the mixtape oh. for sure. Yeah, they're well, like we got seven seconds. We paid for seven seconds. We only paid for seven seconds. Um, th- this movie. And yeah, I don't want to be CinemaSins, but like right. this movie has its big hook is this middle kind of reveal of like after we've been chased by killers and there's probably 10 dead people in town at this point. Our, our, our running through the town has caused a wave of death and destruction of innocents who happen mm-hmm. to be just nearby us. Mm-hmm. That they, oh, they like stole, we said, they stole an ambulance and drove it they through stole, the town. <laughs> that ambulance was consistent, and they left it for no reason. I um, would have done so much with that ambulance. The ambulance was a gold idea, and should have been a character. They squandered the ambulance <laughs> for, for for fuck's sake. They that's one of those things where maybe they they you, even if you realize that when you're writing it, you kind of just hope that you forget about it. But there <laughs> definitely was a third act about we need to be able to kill this girl. Without the killers getting to her and being able to bring her back to life, I wish, I wish we had the ambulance still, you guys. That would yep. have been, that would have been nice. I thought, I, yeah, I thought they were going to use the paddles. I thought the paddles were going to be the way. Yep. They... Yep. No. Uh, no yeah, that would have made perfect. Paul, that would have made because, perfect sense. You know why? Because yeah, they, 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 they lay the the um the, they put the seed down for the the re, the resurrection in the beginning because they talk about Simon's brother overdosing on cage drugs and he, yeah and they go no he didn't overdose he can't, he was he lived that's not an overdose it doesn't count yeah and he, go, and he does the zap because he's like brought him back yeah and I was like oh so they're gonna do this to her and they're gonna zap her back but then they use epipens which I don't think would work I don't believe that that would they, <laughs> they loaded we're just they loaded Sam up with so many epipens I'm pretty sure she uh, would have died we're we're skipping so much I know I know I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
I, I want I just want to talk about like the the thing you're talking about, Kevin, of there's a, an inconsistency and and maybe there's this is being nitpicky. Maybe this is just like, ah, just roll with it. It's the nature of it. But because the movie had spent so much on this big crux of like, oh my god, they only want Sam to the yeah. point that they make this kind of insane blood trap of yeah. Sam is going to cut her hand into a bucket of water and then they mop the high school with blood a lot of blood mm-hmm. more yeah. than that that blood was not strong enough to lure the, the monsters in my opinion but uh <laughs> to the point where like they lure the blood into this bathroom that's been set up as a kill as a trap point and then the killers all come in and just pass by the other kids and i get that this was supposed to be kind of creepy like mm-hmm. oh if this doesn't work they'll just kill us right now yeah yeah but it had already been established so many times that the killers are not at all against just like killing a bystander. Yeah, up knife in your knife in your neck, knife knife in you. Like it was just beyond the point of like, okay, so now we're just changing what the rules of these monsters are for the sake of I this. Did, okay, scene that it's strange. Cause it's strange because that didn't that didn't bug me in that moment for we're, some reason. We're still we're still flying over so much because okay, one yeah, Chad, I'm with you. Like the the that metaphysic of the killers are only interested in Sam's blood. Like if, if there were a few like bystanding characters that were uh, killed fine, whatever, I'd, I'd just be like, yeah, it's a horror movie. You gotta have people die. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like one of the very few explicitly queer coded characters was just fucking murked mm-hmm. for yeah. no reason. Brutally too. Brutally for no fucking reason. Like that, that like, Makes me mad. Uh, yeah, no, uh, dude. The the deaths in this movie made me mad. Like, yeah. there, there's a point of me going like, "Oh, it's cool that they're willing to just kind of like set up characters and take them out." At one point in my notes, I wrote down, "I thought Peter's death was fucking great because I didn't see it coming." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, when when Dean is in the hospital, being a very toxic ex, yes. confronting her, yes. confronting yes. her yes. girlfriend to be like, "What the fuck is going on with your boyfriend?" Like he he's he's bothering me and and like. He, she broke into the hospital to do this and all of these things. And Peter comes in and you're like, oh, no, the asshole, the asshole boyfriend's back. Like he just gets stabbed in the gut. They and do like, a good. It's what, a good stabbing, a good quick stabbing. That was a good, a yep. good fake out of like what you think is going to be kind of a major antagonist through the movie mm-hmm. is just taken out. But even but then, he, I'm like, Peter wasn't really in the way. <laughs> but he's just like the when he dies, it, like it's almost fun that there are killers around because. Yeah. We don't want to see any more of Peter. Like we don't. And right. Sure, we're we're happy to see Peter go. Yeah, the screenwriters recognize that, and it seems like everyone involved is pretty happy to see Peter go, and to the point where, like later on, uh, Sam's like, "I'm kind of happy, like <laughs> that there are murderers mm-hmm. out tonight, killing all, the, killing everyone." Anyway, so we go from hospital to police station. Um, Simon has an encounter with a, a crying woman on the street who turns out to be a uh, n- uh, razor wielding maniac from the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dina steals a cop's gun, which is based and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> What's not amazing is that she immediately uses it to save Simon from and then, being stepped. And then just throws the gun. It's not even like in the run. She just goes like, ah, he's the two bullets and just tosses it. It was. <laughs> I just could- read that as. Oh fuck! I just shot someone. I need to get this thing out of my hands. <laughs> you could argue that the gun 
doesn't work so why keep it at all like true she she's seen the the killer with the bullet hole in, in his head why'd she steal the gun to begin with is beyond me if she already knows that these zombies are bulletproof mm-hmm. did she know uh, at that point did she, she did because point? she saw the bullet hole in the dude's head and that's how she identified him and then the cop makes a point oh, sure uh, Sheriff Good makes a point of showing her a picture of the dude who was shot right in the head, and he's like, <laughs> "It's yeah, just like cool that. thing, cop, to show her the the murder scene picture." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't believe her. It's this here. You want to see a grisly picture? Uh-huh. So, so from police station, we go to woods, where a completely weird, random, inconsequential fucking scene happens, where they try and put sarah fears bones back into her grave mm-hmm. though i loved kevin i loved that someone was finally like well we disturbed her grave what if we undisturbed the grave that felt like a new idea to and, me and they oh, so they, and they do the yeah. they do the like the poltergeist which is a good like again like another like simon attempting this like meta narrative of self-awareness and he's like it's like in poltergeist you know like there's yeah they, they do have the mo- like a little moment like that which is which is a nice little touch to that and that's when we get the axe murderer running by Josh, where he's like, he didn't even give a shit about me. And that's where they make the connection that they're only after Sam. Right. They want Sam's. It's, sure. And it's Sam's blood. They make the connections between all the killings of Sam's blood. Kind of clever. I, I actually kind of like that. Mm-hmm. If they had been consistent with the killings, it would have been even better. However, yeah. they just got a little kill happy. I don't know why. Yeah, I was but, like, I was like, did those people get their Sam's blood on them? Maybe at some point. I don't think so. Yeah. That's what's implied, right? Is everybody who is killed by it has Sam's blood. On the, the movie had done the movie had done a very good job of paying off in that moment of like, but they came to Dina's house. Oh, because Sam did cough right. up blood on her, right. and we saw that earlier. And like, yeah, in the same way that Simon had gotten coughed up on, and like Dina has the blood on her shoe. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Dina has blood on her shoe, and it was like. Okay, that actually all tracks. It's just more like than why did poor Betty get stabbed? And why did why did this person, this person, this person all get? Yeah, those here? felt like inconsequential. Like we need to just murder some people here. And and that's when they formed the plan to use Sam as bait. And that would have been very very clever had someone had just an iota more faith in the audience to not just say, "Oh, it's Jaws," like. Uh-huh. Like I think Simon just calls out, "Oh, it's Jaws." Right. We're well, doing. Did you notice Jaws. that earlier on? He's watching Jaws on the TV. That would have a, been uh, enough. Like, why? Why would? Uh, that's what are we doing here? What are we doing here on this podcast? If the characters in the horror movie are just going to call out what the references they're doing to the horror movie, but like, I think again, I again, I think they're going for a scream thing with that. I think that's supposed to. I I don't think they leaned in hard enough to the self awareness angle of it mm-hmm. but they wanted to have a little bit of that in there yeah i i think that's part of the the design by committee thing that we're talking about here is that right. they that there are all these very uh, there are these legitimately smart moments in this movie that fail to stick the landing because they want to be a four quadrant idea in a movie that is one and a half quadrants at most. Right, right. <laughs> it, it, I, I feel for him, right? Because I know that also, I know how tough it can be to like, to make a story with a bigger like studio involvement on this. And then they want you to put in something or change this character beat. And you're like, well, that kind of invalidates it. But just, mm-hmm. it is it is the commiserating over something smart like, oh, Sam's blood was on every one of us that's been stalked this, this night is cool. But then you go into like, that was pretty smart of y'all. And then I can't help but think about two minutes earlier where 
they were at the cop station. There are multiple dead bodies in the hospital, and Dina is not saying go to the hospital. Right, <laughs> like, dead. We know there are dead people. Like yep. you'll believe us. Instead, they're just like a ghost chased us. Oh, a kid, a skull face chased you. That guy's been dead. And that's where the, like, that's where the goosebumps yeah. rears its head at us a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The parents, the adults won't listen. The adults I guess, won't listen, and the kids yeah. don't know the right things to say. Yeah, and here in the school, uh, we get we get down to the to the love making. <laughs> oh yeah, we get our love. Oh boy, scene. everyone horny. <laughs> everyone horny. Um, Kate and Josh have a a very tender scene together mm-hmm. that is full of sexual uh, tension. Josh felt like he Josh the way he acted that, and maybe it's not his fault. It's written just like. Josh suddenly felt like he was eight and Kate was 16. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 I got really weird. Like, I got very, like, creepy. Like, this shouldn't be happening vibes to that. I, it yeah. made me suddenly go, like, wait, how? The same thing when I was watching Harry Potter and sometimes I was like, wait, how old is Ginny? Mm-hmm. Harry? Right. Yeah. Like, right. You just kind of, you kind of, you kind of forget. <laughs> yep. Um, where it's, it should be sweet because it's, I, I guess it was Kate just saying, I need you to check to see if I have blood on yeah. me still. Yep. But it required her to be shirtless and her to, be in a bra and him to have to like, yep. Check her neck for a second. And go, yeah, good. Yeah, yep. jo- Josh is also a high school student, so it's not like, like yeah, they're kind of the same. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's right. like maybe a year down or something like that. Is the impression yeah, I got. It, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, that we also have uh, Simon just like jacking it to himself. Yeah, in, in self love, some good self love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. And uh, Sam and Dina are just going full PG-13 as much as they can. Oh, yeah. Pulling each other by the belt loops. That's how you know it's coitus time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam admits fault in this. This is the part where Sam uh, yeah, is like... Sam says, yeah. I'm sorry my parents got divorced and I had to go somewhere else. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. I was running from you. You're right. Like that's what she says. It's yeah. my fault. I think subconsciously yeah. I'm the reason my parents broke up. They told me I did it wasn't because of me, <laughs> but I think subconsciously I caused it and it was because I needed to escape you. Your obsessive nature over our terminated relationship was the right move the whole hey, time. You know how like earlier tonight you threw a Gatorade at a car I was in and almost killed me, but also you acted like you didn't think that's what was gonna happen? I love you. <laughs> In Sam's defense, she's lost a lot of blood. <laughs> I but but again, I understand if you're like if if you're in a writer's room and you're like, yes, finally I'm working on something where we have a sapphic relationship, two ladies in love, like we can explore this. Yeah, it's a horror, and that typically doesn't work out well for anyone, but like we can finally have the romance. I think the desire to make this a quote unquote good relationship very much got in the way of this being a good relationship. Right, right. Yeah, that, <laughs> it was saying, at yeah. o- it was at odds with the the shittiness of the characters again. Like I think their yeah. their own their need to make these characters have this edge. And again, we don't know where they things are going with this, but I really feel like they were pushing this like edge for these characters that made them all a little reprehensible. And it was at odds with what the sweet things they were trying to do, and I think they just—I yeah. think they just skewed way too far into into callousness, and then really quickly 
it was a big parabola back into yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Kevin, I think you actually like hit on something that would have really improved this whole story for me of the the earlier scene, not to backtrack, but the earlier mm. scene of like, you know, the the entire <laughs> the riot bus is really the catalyst for a lot of this. <laughs> Sets this movie but, in action. With instead of if Sunnyvale hadn't just been pure like chaotic evil shitbirds yep. and and either you know peter or a couple other people from sunnyvale or sam had actually felt like someone from sunnyvale as opposed to i went to sunnyvale aka heterosexuality mm-hmm. yep. there had been like a really interesting thing of both the the pores and the riches have to work together with this curse instead mm. it was all this setup for like these are all kids from quote unquote the wrong side of the tracks shady side gets shit on a lot and the raw end of the deal and it didn't really then pay off in any way of like this story was them fighting back against that it really at the beginning of the riot bus like i was hitting because like they're gonna do something here this is gonna be a story about like class warfare right or the fact that like and it's still these could. people are literally cursed it still could it still could i would be surprised if a story about a 70s summer camp and 1600s salem witchcraft really <laughs> hits modern yeah. day class divisions right. but maybe maybe they can hit it yeah i mean it does get very visibly dropped i could see them picking it back up again but i mean i don't really want the riches to work together with the pores i like no, the fact not in this version no i think i, I think that sure. chad said the riches are a uh, deal with the devil they did it yeah i think that's what happened but there's another version where like Sam is from Eagleton. She yeah. is Parker Posey's yes. character. Yeah. Chad, you did you did bring up earlier uh, that like you thought the the kids from Sunnyvale were pretty callous, and I went to a pretty like well off suburban high school, and I think it tracks that these kids are pieces of shit, callous mm-hmm. assholes. I, I guess you're. I guess you're right. Who don't understand tragedy. Yeah. I mean, sure. My my the rich Catholic middle school I went to as one of the few poor kids definitely mm-hmm. some nightmare monsters that I am still in therapy dealing with yeah as both joking and being real mm-hmm. so I do get that it was just a we've been saying it. it's a it was a very high level of campiness in that we're at a funeral service and these kids are like glad the kids would stop kids just need to stop keep dying or something yeah, i can't remember yeah. what their complaint was i'm mad i have to be here to mourn a, a bunch of dead kids um uh yeah I'll, I'll i'll retract that as a major point it still was just say like wow this is a a real story about the haves and the have-nots and it really doesn't go anywhere with that yeah past past riot bus once peter's dead that Mm -hmm. idea is kind of out the window except for maybe sam's mom sam's mom is clearly hateful of her being gay yeah that's about it um you can tell because she's wearing a pantsuit or something you can tell she's wearing a pantsuit here's the thing guys Poor people also can be hateful. Like yep. it's not. Yeah, it was, right. Right. It didn't have to be. <laughs> Damn. Put that on the that. Put that on the poster for this podcast. Oh shit. <laughs> I, I I think I think maybe we will see some class stuff though because I think 1978 is an interesting time to go back to the 70s were yeah. um you know an era of uh, some economic depression and uh and 1666 I think there could be some there could be some interesting they could do some class stuff if, so I'm still not if gonna, they can do anything that isn't the crucible again I mean sure right I'm on board right I think they that, won't they they fucking won't. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Like they're not going to tread any new ground uh, in in the I, in the here, 1600s. Here's my one. here's my thought. The sexuality may be explored throughout this. 
That's my thinking. Oh, that's my okay. thinking because they're different eras. Yeah. They're different eras where I think the, where I think where right. uh, different the sexuality will be examined through the lens of the times. And we're going to a set the late seventies where there was you know the summer love was over and there was a little bit more free thinking going on, but there was still a lot of a lot of problems, obviously. Um, and then sixteen sixty six is a whole other thing, right? I think I think you're totally right, Paul. I'm going to call my shot now. 1666, I think because this is already foreshadowed, I'm pretty sure Dina is playing Sarah Fear. Oh, like, Christ. Which, the Witch of the Flashes looked like her. Mm. I think we are going to see like a, a 1600s version of Dina and Sam. Yes, that's what I think. In it's, a, I think it's in a hidden a hidden relationship, and then being burned because of it. Two separate sides of the town, and Sunnyvale is going to be the the town that is going to to kill her for that. And, and I think, and there's a version of that that could be really fucking rad is if there? Dina and Sam weren't assholes. <laughs> yeah. In this. Yeah. If we liked Dina and Sam in this movie, because I, I, I think like we need to give ourselves a credit and like jump to the end of this movie, um, give ourselves a break and be well, able to, to kind of to hop through some of the, some of the high school traps. Let's Kevin, there's some stuff we want to talk about. Let me get us there. Let me, let yeah, me yeah, just yeah. get us get there. Get us please. there. Get us there. Okay, so fire trap, cool goo monster. We all like it. Uh, cool goo monster. Uh, great <laughs> effects. Those effects were great yeah, there. Sure. Great moment. Sure. Done. Done. Uh, moving on. Uh, Sam wants to sacrifice herself. Then we figure out Sam doesn't have to sacrifice herself. Then everyone is intensely loyal to Sam for volunteering to sacrifice herself mm-hmm. for some reason. That's going to drive a lot of shit it, later It brought on. the team together. The trauma brought the team together. Yep. Um, because we read the rest of this newspaper article that C. Yep. Berman, a.k.a. Britta Perry, yep. Uh, yep. had died temporarily and will and came back and that's how she they just do that's how she avoided the curse yep. because there is a four line poem yep. that she'll come for you until you are dead. Yep. Yes. And we 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 know that has to be canon because it was written in a bathroom. Um, <laughs> so the game plan now is to OD exactly the same way that Simon's brother Timothy did. Uh, which he says, we're going to do a Timothy. I think that was a fucking hilarious callback. Simon is the uh-huh. best. Uh, and now we're in uh, Simon's like grocery store great pharmacy. Ga- great gag of him being the employee of the month five times in a row. It's great. Love it. Uh, everybody marks themselves with Sam's blood as Dina walks Sam through the process of o- ODing. Um, Which I thought was and- was getting a little too into the weeds with <laughs> with this part because like they're laying it out right. They're like you have to do this one five minutes apart. Like they're building the they're they're setting up the fuse right. Like the the writer's fuse. To try and yeah. make, to make the scene, we're I mean, hoping, yeah. Which you know, it, it, the only reason that bugs me is because of how it is totally discarded within five minutes of of, of that happening. Well, if you're doing all of that and then it doesn't happen, I, you can do that narratively, but it, like it kind of just it kind of p- petered out. I was looking forward to some kind of commentary on the opioid prescription drugs epidemic that ravaged America they in the nineties really, till now. They really um, softballed that one. I feel no. They really kind of said, you know what'll solve our witch problem? The opioid crisis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't even tell you what she's taking, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just greens and blues and i guess timothy knew exactly the order of drugs that he took that night that he died yeah because simon's able to tell you these seven pills wait five minutes these six pills then you're gonna feel really silly you're gonna want to keep going and then poor sam is forced (laughs) 
to swallow oh, them yeah. dry it by the hand glass of water. I couldn't believe it. Jen and I were cracking up, especially because the first one she does on her own. And Jen was like, how can you do that? And I was like, oh, I can dry swallow pills. But then oh, she yeah. doesn't want to take the second batch and Dina jams them in her mouth. <laughs> You know, you know what the version of that scene that works is like in Harry Potter when 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 Dumbledore's like Harry, you're gonna have to feed me the black water. I won't want it. Yeah. But like, like there's which is already a really weird idea. But this was yeah, this was was Dina feeding Sam the way you feed your dog medicine and yes. just putting it in her mouth and holding it closed yeah. while she's like crying. It was fucked up. It was really fucked. I have a big problem with the noble executioner scene. Me, th- me too. Like trope. I have a huge problem with that because one, it feels really like masturbatory. One being like, oh, it's so hard on this person having to kill the thing they love the most yeah. or the person they love the most. Yeah. When it's like the person who's actually suffering is the one fucking dying right, asshole. Right, Like, <laughs> like they're all- Oh, Yeah. <laughs> They're Even all then, yeah. They wanted it to be like Dina's. Dina's being tough, and she's really hard. Not really. Dina has of... no personality traits whatsoever. There is yeah. nothing to Dina's character that is outside of Sam. Besides anger. And, besides anger. Besides anger, and Sam's personality trait is nothing. Like that's the, that's kind of Sam is. I look sad and captured all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I I have I have a lot of damage with the noble executioner trope, and I think just because something is interesting writers doesn't mean it's good <laughs> i'm with you on that I, I i will say this entire this final act which is like i at this point i was like this movie needs to be over by now yeah but by this by the point of this whole grocery store bakery pharmacy yeah scene i think i had been like feeling decently solid about the movie i had yeah. you know sure there was logic problems and i didn't find all the characters likable but i'm like you all are doing a pretty solid down the middle slasher mm-hmm. another another slasher you're doing a, yeah. a scream for people who haven't seen scream and <laughs> and that could be okay and you, and you got some some ghosts in there that's fine and this this whole grocery store like pretty much lost all of the goodwill it had built up for me yeah. over the movie yeah and, and now and now we get to the part of my notes where i've written the word yeesh with three e's <laughs> uh and that is kate's death i man yeah didn't didn't like that it it really stuck with me. Like I actually, I this is maybe someone would be like, "Good, it's a good horror movie." Then I actually like had trouble falling asleep last night because I was thinking about it. Like it, Kate's death is devastating. Not just in that I liked her as a character. I think right. she had done a lot of really and for, good and will. for the implications of what of what this will do to Josh mentally, right? Yeah, and I, and I get that. Like, I don't necessarily think that Kate and Josh are going to be no. you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. They were going to get married. Over. Okay, Kate. Kate was. <laughs> I mean, Kate did a kiss of death, and like, like Kate was pretty marked for death right. uh, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kate's death scene. Uh, yeah, I didn't feel great about it. It was like a cake. It was like a cake slicer or something. I it, couldn't tell what even that was supposed to be. It's a deli. It was, it's definitely a deli slicer. But it cuts you up in like twelve times. In well, a row. yeah, I like guess a deli it's, slicer it's is more of a yeah. single slice, so I don't know what the fuck that thing was. This was like a weave, like a yeah. a weaving machine. Yeah. But a, so I assumed it like I guess it makes cake cake squares. A, That's a, what I guess is what I guess. A de weaver. Um, it's a de weaver. It, it was a yeah. very fetishy death. Hmm. Yeah, it's and it's and it's like memorable, right? There's a part hmm. of me that went like, 
you know, I, in terms of like YouTube kill compilation, uh-huh. right? This will, right, this right. will go in there. Yes. In terms of like even horror movies that I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen all the Friday the Thirteenth, but I've seen the memorable one where Jason picks up a girl in a sleeping bag and beats her over a tree. Right. Like, yeah. And and there's a part of you that goes like, in that type of slasher movie, you go, <laughs> it's almost like cartoonish, right? There's a like, yes. a, they yeah. put, they, you can do those kind of kills. I feel like in the first two thirds of the movie with characters that are a little more reprehensible and it works. Mm. Yes. There's a little too much emotion. The, the Maya Hawk moment where we're supposed to feel sad for her death. That's what you deserve for. Yes. For her stick Maya Hawk's face into the blender, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, put that on the post, put that on the post, yeah. stick Maya Hawk's face in the blender. You, there, yeah, there was something so totally off about yeah. it that made me like, I got, I got an audible gasp. Out of me, it, I was sho- it was shocking, but I don't know if that's necessarily always the greatest thing to do. It, it, it again, it felt very like we did it because we could. Like this isn't Stranger Things. Right. We're not franchising this out. Yeah, yeah, we'll kill Kate. We'll shove her through a fucking deli slicer, and like, yeah, the the death is like memorable and ridiculous, and it it just feels like it's meant for a lesser character and mm-hmm. not someone who's been with us. For the past hour and a half, like you, you yeah. know what you know what it reminded me of is I'm sure I've complained about it on this podcast the the Jurassic World uh, poor secretary that just got throttled by three dinosaurs right in a row, yeah mm-hmm. where that was a moment that tonally was clashing to me of like it feels like the movie hates this character and that we are supposed to think this person is a bad person. Right. But they have done very little to display that yes. at this point. Yes. So I don't know why Josh Trevorrow or whoever wrote that scene. Josh had, That's his – or Colin Trevorrow. Sorry. Colin Trevorrow, whoever <laughs> wrote that scene. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Is, where, are you working something out about a girl you dated at some point, Colin? Like, I don't know because it sure feels like snuff porn. And, and there was something about Kate that just felt very, like, mean-spirited and in a different movie. Mm-hmm. If this had been yeah. a, like – Friday the thirteenth seven. I would and killer characters have been going out that way where you talk yeah. about those movies with well, like really memorable deaths. Yeah. And, Maybe. And again, like Kate is portrayed as quote unquote a tweaker and she sells drugs and she has kids like divvy out the drugs for her. She's portrayed as this like scoundrelly character who's not who's supposed to be reprehensible, but then like she is sweet with Josh and she gets mm-hmm. on board with the Sam plan. You know, like there's just too much, there's too much goodwill put into the character at the same time. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's trying to, um, trying to make us care about her so that this does shock us, which feels a little exploitative, you know, uh, to, or, to, to say nothing of Simon's death, which yeah. is so well, tossed right off. That. It's just boom, ax in the head, dead. Like yeah, si- had- Simon and Simon and Josh see the body like minutes later. Yep. Of well, I, I guess that was the end of, of Skullface, or Skullface ran off somewhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Josh just gets an axe in the back of his head, come out of nowhere because they forgot about the killers. Mm-hmm. And like two, your two best characters die in thirty seconds of each other. And, and hey, not to be that fucking guy once again, but. Wasn't the axe murderer's whole thing that he was wearing big heavy boots and made a lot of noise when he was moving? Like he was the they forgot oppos- about him. He was the opposite of a sneaky character. Uh-huh. They forgot about him. <laughs> wasn't the whole fucking point of like the razor babe to kill Simon? Like, wasn't yeah. that sort of his destiny? I feel like yeah. each, each characters one. had 
like their own run in with a different killer that was supposed to get them. And right, then, right. Yeah, it just didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't really matter. The it, it makes it, but in, in the sense of that, it makes you go like, so these character deaths didn't do anything other than buying time. And you're like, well, maybe y'all shouldn't have put the blood on your chest. I understand that's supposed to be a solidarity thing of like, we're in this with you now. And, Sam. I, think, and I think drawing, like, I think the idea was like they were drawing them away while she was being. While she was being overdosed, I was with the impression that I was. But they weren't doing anything. They just like literally was like, Josh, go check to see if that door is dead. Yeah, it's like yeah. locked. Yeah. Okay, you're not drawing them away. You guys are just setting yourselves up to be possible targets. Right. And then right. And as opposed to let's get in the ambulance and drive around or whatever. And to and to just jump to the end to just like hop completely past Dina. Uh, uh, drowning Sam in, in the lobster in water. Lobster water, which she removes politely. Removes the lobster. <laughs> removes the lobster. <laughs> Roll real quick. No, we want to go forward. There is a Chekhov's lobster that was unanswered here. There that, is that lobster should have been slipped on. Yeah, there was a multiple shots of the lobster on the ground in the way leading up to them that characters run past and no one interacts with that lobster. <laughs> that drove me insane. Like that, I was really mad about it. <laughs> By the way, if you really want to leave like a psychological scar on the viewer like why not have part of the camera work be what sam's last like vision of the living world is which is a lobster looking back up at her like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) kevin that is more artistic that is a beautiful moment yeah than most of this movie which competently shot movie but more and more i'm like oh god yeah competently shot at the start like rapidly declines into leaning on tropes well and, and yeah. here's what i'll say about the this i said it to jen too because we both finished it and we were like that's fine you know like it's yeah. not like it's not yeah. it's not a bad movie and like i don't think on these types of services like hbo and netflix and stuff like that you're not really going to get a bad movie you know what i mean like sure, you're, you're sure. just going to get a movie with problems like we're talking about where it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. well made you know, it's put. It's got. It's got a great. You know, production value to it and stuff like that. You're just not gonna get that. And like, I like. I wish. I just sometimes just want a bad movie. Give me the goosebumps. Goosebumps episode. You know, like give me that level of bad. Sometime. If it had gone full. If if this movie had gone like full riot bus, the rest of the movie. Yes. Uh, I. There's a version of this movie where we would have walked out of it going like the fucking best horror movie I've seen yes, in years. Yes. Like they're doing a new version of a slasher movie. I love mm-hmm. it. But here's the problem at the core of this problematic movie. Uh here here's how I synthesize it anyway. This movie yeah. is set in the 90s in the era of Nirvana in uh the era of young people being disenfranchised yeah. with an overwhelmingly wealthy America. Mm-hmm. Uh, an America that seems to have endless opportunities for some, and the the nihilism of the '90s that came out of uh, us millennials, that came out of young people at that time, was because we didn't feel whole, even though economics and politics said that we should feel whole. This was the new '50s that mm-hmm. like everything everything good was happening, but yet young people felt a disconnect and reality bites reality bites and that was expressed through nihilism Mm -hmm. uh the the rejection of these values the problem of like trying to throw that nihilism back at us in a nostalgia piece is that we have problems today 
that can only be solved by us caring very much about the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and nihilism's like like self-deprecation is kind of out. Like it's kind of like our movies don't even work that way anymore. Like we want to care, we want to be told what to do, we want a moral, we want to be told what to fix. And the fact that this sort of has a nihilistic well uh today you know shit day same as the last day sort of philosophy to it like things have been bad forever and nothing's ever going to be good again and the only good is what you can strangle out of life with your own two hands it doesn't really jive i don't know it doesn't that doesn't work for me anymore there it is uh, <laughs> there it is there's the hammer he brought down the hammer <laughs> he did it i yeah i to add on to that there, there was something about I thought about a lot of horror movies where you do that thing of like, you think you're out, but the killer's still there. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. the most famous one was like Laurie Strode. She got Michael and the cops run in, but she looks back out the window again and he's he's fucking gone. An amazing moment. Or in Friday the 13th, part one, Jason drops out in one of the most hilarious jump scares of all time, jumps out of the water uh, and, and, and we freeze frame like beautiful. Like amazing. And and so I understand that's part of the nature of this genre, but there was something so much about the denouement of this movie of which kind of for some reason reminded me a little bit of um, Until Dawn, the way the characters were just like talking to the cops about what they saw. Um, Until Dawn is the same exact ending of like you're just hearing like whoever died, the other characters are mourning. Gotcha. Them. And and yeah, Dina is. I, I get what they were going for. They didn't really land it to me of. Like you're just gonna, they're just gonna write off Caden Simon's death because they are tweakers and bad kids. Yeah, and it, and, I, and also I, like Josh just orders like pizza like blind. Josh just, I the, Josh just orders pizza. Love of his life, girl, you know, first kiss, girl, girl that he has probably had a million dreams about. Has he saw her head go through a bread <laughs> slicer? Yeah, yeah, and and within an hour. It's like, yeah, I ordered a pizza. It's big, my character. Big growth. fucking deal. That's his character growth. Yeah. Big fucking deal. Dina has barely any level of mourning. And, uh, and here's what and, and here's here, a level of like you're just gonna write this off, but like I guess I'll go and make out go kiss my my hot girlfriend again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. To the Pixies. Uh I, I will say, and it's a great Pixies song that they chose for that. <laughs> Amazing. It is. A, and a and a niche one too. And like, a niche one, yeah. Not yes. not a hot, not a hot topper, hot chart topper. Uh, care was taken with that one. It was Shrek level. I'd all, say. all the Pixies hot chart toppers. Uh, um, yeah, I, you know, but I will. I'll, I'm going to return. I will play the devil's advocate on our podcast to sure. this where I will say maybe part two will show us a little bit. Of that. Like maybe we're maybe. still in the shock after this, although I guess she did invite her over for a makeup party. So maybe they're not so shocked. Uh, um <laughs> You know what? I, I'm taking it back. I can't do a devil's advocate to this. They decided to have a, I'm sorry. They had a makeup party. Paul, I I just spent like a whole like minute long monologue railing against nihilism, but I honestly don't see the light at the end of this tunnel. I think the next one is just going to be the same story, mm-hmm. but from a different time period and a few twists. All right. So I, I think there's going to be there's going to be framing devices between the next seventy eight. Or whatever, mm-hmm. and sixty six. Mm-hmm. There will be a, a framing device of Dina and Josh investigating further because the the end tag I wanted to talk about just felt so much like less even of a movie, but of a TV cliffhanger, a yes. season one cliffhanger yeah. more than anything. Of like, 
Sam got sick anyway. Like Sam, you know, the Dina thinks they're done, and then then Britta calls them and is like, <laughs> "Yeah, but you can't you can't beat the witch." Cut to the witch just doing a spell on a tree somewhere, uh-huh. yep, and puts Sam's name on a on a stone along with the other list of killers that she had systematically, apparently, randomly made crazy throughout the years. Uh-huh. But now the witch is like. Well, even though you avoided me, I'm making you my zombie killer now. And Sam tries to kill Dina. Sam, Dina ties Sam up with telephone cable and goes, the I'm going to fix you. The, the sturdiest, sturdiest telephone, telephone cables. cable. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to fix you as Sam just gnashes at her like a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. And that is your cliffhanger. And there was something about like, I know horror movies are nihilistic. I know a lot of times there's an ending of like, you thought you were safe, but you weren't. But man, Sam, and, and even if they save Sam, it still made me go like, I don't know. Kate and Simon died for no good goddamn reason, did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it just it, it just really put a bad taste in my mouth for the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did see a quote somewhere from a reviewer saying that that it does go to some interesting places. So I think there is a through line that might take us somewhere interesting. I have a little faith. I'm not ready to be nihilistic about this. Have a little faith but in me. If, if I weren't part of a podcast where my literal job was to watch these movies i would be perfectly happy never knowing what happens next (laughs) yeah no no kevin i'm with you i kind of i kind of and when it finished up i kind of was ready to just like nope on out of it you know like i was like i was like are are we excitedly saying we're gonna cover 78 i don't we will absolutely cover 70 okay i think it's our our duty yeah it's our duty to continue down this path we need will, to see this through. Will we do a two-hour podcast on on 1978? I don't know. I feel like it's going to be the same shit, different year. But yeah, those could, those <laughs> might those might be shorter. But we'll see. We'll, we'll yeah, find. second verse, same as the first. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I I have one question I want to ask you, boys. Yeah, sure. I think that's that's kind of a that's been a an extensive recap of a very long movie. It's this mm. this podcast um, is as long as the movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sync it up. Watch it while it's going. <laughs> Just see how, see how it matches up to you. What is, see, tell us what tell us if it goes as we're complaining about Kate's death as she goes to the cake slicer. Here's my question. This weird teaser that they're clearly gotta pay off for later unless they're just crazy. Who is the AOL queen that Josh talks to yeah. like a Dom? Um, there's that, at first I thought it was his he's like, financial no, dom. He's definitely subbing. He's, sub- he's subbing. I thought he was sure. subbing because it was like, Sire Josh, where have you been? He's like, oh, my queen. My lady. I'm sorry, I missed you. Yeah. My lady. Her name, her AOL username is Air and Shadows. And at we, first I was like, yeah. oh, that's C. Berman. Uh, <laughs> is it the goddamn witch? Oh, is she a techno? She's a techno witch. Is the witch just like on AOL, she's a like fuck, in her tree, just typing shit tree, up in her fucking tree house? <laughs> Not a tree house. She's like in the trunk of a tree, like a hollowed out. She's in the trunk of a tree somewhere. Yeah, there's no good answer to that question. I feel like it's either like someone who, uh, like, is from like the the long the long line of like pastors who like banish the witch or it's like the sure. witch is one of the goods or something yeah, yeah. it's i don't i don't know I don't, this is this was a lot this was i feel beaten down by the end of this and like the yeah. death of two pretty cool characters at the end to leave us with one kind of nerdy self-inserty character and mm-hmm. two like two sapphic lovers in a doomed relationship yes uh yeah 
was. Well, we did just get Gillian Jacobs added to the cast, so Whoa. I think things could get, things could go for go in a good turn with her. Gill- Gillian Jacobs, who is making me feel old, that she is old enough to play the old haggard she lady is the in the same Fear age movie. as me. She is not old. Well, no, she's I guess a little older than me. But no, but in this movie, she's old enough. In Hollywood terms, she is old enough to be like I've seen the, the ghost twenty years ago. The seventies. <laughs> I have like, seen like, them. <laughs> I'm like I can't handle Gillian Jacobs playing old. <laughs> like I'm not on board this. Uh well that's been a goosebuds I'll say this has been a hell of a goosebuds let's let's dust off our hands and butts and say that that's been a fucking goosebuds I hope I hope you have enjoyed this digestion hopefully maybe you haven't watched the movie and our summary has been good enough as you it need is. to watch it I- <laughs> Kevin will argue the the, the, the counter to I don't that. know if they <laughs> Chad need will to, also but- <laughs> hey I don't know. <laughs> Leave it on that. Leave it on that. <laughs> this episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters, and this is the Book of Names. We begin with Stefan Jive Turkey Kuabara. Hollis Hornbeek, Cameron Murphy Audio, Michael McDowell, David Cron, Josh Robertson, Mickey C, Nathan Dolezal, Clayton C, Mike Lanteri, Buddy Morrill, Alecade, Mel Dipson, Jim Greaves, Zang Keith, Afshin, Danky McStanky, Aaron T. Strunk, Dango Twist, Brian Wells, Hey Zentacles, I'm saying your name in the credits. That's pretty neat. <laughs> It is. <laughs> it is neat. Stealth Bates. Joseph Miranda. Patrick Reynolds. Scott Colopy. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. John Keaty. Low Belly Hate Me. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. Christina Doling. Third Sergio. Calf. Matthew Secret Societies. Sniggy. Reinfected. Maddie. Ishak Arafin. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Sam Hash. Cody Redfield, Rich Hillborn, Bradford Coulter, Aiden Alexander Dice, Dapio, Jar Jar Slinks, Joshua Jacobwitz, Justin Wagman, Chosen One, Cardboard Walk, Leviathan, <laughs> Up and Champ, Jonas Engman, Alicia Grave, Trent Davis, Jonas Blatterman, Maloyster, Carl. Hey, Paul, pause for a second. I gotta get something off my chest. I think I love broccoli. I like that self-monologue you just had there, Paul. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Joe. Brooke X. Corey Shelley. Jesus Christ. Christian Vanskiver. Drew Applegate. J-Bug. Hello, Paul. J-Bug. J-Bug. J-Bug's very cute. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hopgood. Paul Grasso. Trans Rights. Slumlord Onion. Taylor Deers. Joe. I'm not tired. I always look like this. Scott. I feel that. I feel that, Joe. Jordan Lockwood. Zach Connor. Patreon underscore donator, comma, yo. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost. Tierney. Trendy Moron. Tom Whittem. Toothless Barry the Whistler Bostowitz. Connor Church. 
Vincent Modica. Kevin Hamilton. Luke Canoodles. What? This is this is next level here. Andrew would like to try that recipe for Luke Canoodles. Jadzik. I love it. Someone is paying attention, Andrew. Lord Cornwallis. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Boland. Zambam Bino. Elizabeth Steenweg. Cardamom Burkambino. Murph EP. Tevin Ticklebean is your new best friend. <laughs> Welcome, Tevin Ticklebean, into my heart. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Tevin and J-Bug. Two new loves. Goon Cahoots. Sness Chalmers. Sean Minogue. John the Howling Eye Duda. Nathan Remick. Wormtown Clan. Devaldi. Wiggle it. Luke LaFountain. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Reed Steubendeek. Paul, watch out. Snake is behind you. Watch out, Paul. Chip Handsome. Matt McClellan. Stinklitch. Joey Evans. Carewise Gamgee. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Dylan McCann. Swaggy Yolo Squire. Cameron Hansen. Sarah Camp. Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish Gambino. Jack Frazy. Brett. Generally depressing. Etonomore. Yeah. Ben Bohan. Adam, you goofed. Juan Jalapena. Muscles Bear. Dan. Chris Pittman is a bone wizard. Baz Gerritsen. Hey, Eric, it's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. Keith Halcrow. Dakota Campion. Chris Haunted Pajama Boner Nelson. Too real. Timothy Misadolakis. Clay McCarty. When Dragons Rule. Oh, my God, I love the song. <laughs> Thank you. Every time there's a new song for When Dragons Rule. Thank you, Dragons. <laughs> Thank you. Imagine, imagine dragons. Imagine that. Matthew Stevens. Noah August. Parker Lee. Jonas Enavoldson. Calamity Carl. Germ Juice. Hamboat. You other two guys can read this next name. I have to go jerk one out real quick. <laughs> Nick Johnson. Uh, Kevin Boucher. Yeah. Raymond Hernandez. Flemily. The Crowfens. Matthew Sutton. Patrick Murphy. Stephen Day. Jeffrey Owen Cawhee. Kelsey Kinneman. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Tori Catherine. Lee Wood. Russell Kastberg. Javier Jimenez. Brendan Arifin. Liam Neesonsdale. Chris Petricus. Scotty Pippen. Megan McCormick Mason. Streak. Meet Virginia. Ninja Breadman. Hood Lemon. Cody Tromler. Adam Muth. Dungeon Kappa. Got little old moi pretty freaked. Ryan Knight. MC Hamster. Zach Ware. Tamid Munir. Jimmy Soul. Alan G. Jessam. Peanutburg level 69. You're going to hit max level sometime, Peanutburg. I believe <laughs> you. Tobias Clark. Michael Kupka. Julian Lamendia. Brendan Neal. Andre Villanueva. Ida. Moon juice. You gotta meet germ juice. Uh, Kevin Cole. Hey! What? What? I, I, st I still think it's possible that might be me. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's a great mystery. I think I hope it we, is. I, don't, I hope we never solve it. I don't want to ever solve it. I'm pretty sure that's me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Welcome. Th thank you, Kevin, for allowing us to, uh, I guess, all give patreon i like an extra 30 cents a month yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> kelly the barbarian david emerson fw cody selman aaron lord b b david sandoval daniel keith heren Litonzi. courtney green este mena lord of paul's pants the davy boy kenny m 
Robert Allen Cook III. Several upset horses. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so, I thank you for supporting us. Is this like a sibling to, to um, Sudacus? Sudaxis? Sudaxis. Sudaxis? The better Sudacus, I think. Sudacus. That? One of them is supporting this show. The other one isn't. Dr. Diarrhea. <laughs> Mike Spaghetti Jones. Alec Foise. Ashley Northup. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Quigley Jones. Skelefella. Redemption. Liss with an asterisk. What could it mean? What could it mean? We don't know. Watch out, Esther Shanks. <laughs> Jackie Ladue's here. Coleman Laguza. Sad Star. Chris. Continue? <laughs> Levi Kidder. 69, Polly Shore. 311. David Gray. Bryce Dieri. Matthew Bretado. I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. It's coming back, baby. Yakub. Carpson. Wagmar Wigmer. <laughs> nice. Good job. Dakota Kemp. Welcome, Tarf. Rob T. Period. Rian DeBrugian. Luke Cumancy Allen. Jake. Some of Chad's bird friends. Yay! Thank you, Samson! <laughs> Nicholas Maloney. The secret provider. And Zach Cohen. And we would like to welcome these new names to the Book of Names. You belong here forever. Midwest Indigo 13. Welcome, Kiwi O'Fleurve. Welcome, Bjarndir. Serial Killer X. Welcome. Welcome, Joey Reinish of LOLJK. Welcome, Eric Horwitz. Hail, Kyle Robinson. Well met, Tiffany Leah. Now announcing Jake Harker. <laughs> A wild Nelson Graham has appeared. <laughs> Thank you all so very, very much. We love you. And we hope you enjoyed our quiet talking of your names because my wife is working. <laughs> my wife. My wife. Your wife. Today we're all wife, guys. Okay, goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>